commenting like, oh, monkey sex in the first 10 seconds. Hello, I'm Nipper Reed. And I'm Phil Wolf. So, settle down, have a nice cup of tea, and enjoy the Venomous Exchange Radio Podcast. Crumpets, Nipper. I want the crumpets. Well, as you've been such an extraordinarily good boy. Well, hello everybody. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by my inimitable and very short-haired co-host at the moment. He looks adorable with his skinhead. Um, the wonderful Phil Wolf. Um, hello. And this month we are extremely pleased to have the internet sensation that is Lou Boyer joining us. <laughs> I don't know about that, but how you guys? It's good, that? mate. It's, it's good to talk to you again. Um, I know we've talked before. I know we've met up and it's, 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 it's lovely to spend some time with you again. Um, can you just do us a kindness? Because I know all about you, but boys and girls um, may be living under a rock and haven't seen all your YouTube uh, videos and stuff. Can you just give us a brief overview of uh, your field herping in terms of how you achieve what we're all desperate to do, but we can't afford it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I find myself in a fortunate position. I'm a, an, an airline pilot. I fly it's Boeing 747, so they're long-range airplanes. I'm living in Los Angeles. That's home for me in the U.S. Um, but I travel all over the world. Uh, I fly for a Japanese airline, so a lot of it's over to Asia. A lot of time spent in Japan uh, and the area. I go to Singapore and Thailand and uh, sometimes Indonesia. But uh, for the most part, it's Tokyo and Japan and a lot of Singapore, a lot of Hong Kong. So I sort of get paid to go out and look for snakes. You know, we have overnights where most of the guys are out chasing women. I'm uh, I'm out chasing snakes because it's a little bit safer for a married man and uh yeah, anyway, yeah, so that's what I do. They think I'm crazy, but uh, I take advantage of all my downtime and uh, look for snakes in a lot of places in the world where a lot of people probably wouldn't go or think of going, and uh, I try and share what I find on YouTube just to share the experience and the love of finding snakes out in the wild. That's awesome. And you're calling us from Japan right now, right? Yeah, I am. I'm in Tokyo. It's about that's, oh, two in the morning or so my time, but I'm still on West Coast time, so I'm I'm awake. If even if it doesn't sound like I'm awake, I'm I'm, I'm awake. This is the best I get. That's fantastic. I mean, this is a truly international episode because for me it is uh, just quarter to seven in the evening. What, I don't know what time it is for you, Phil. It's a uh, it's a uh, one forty seven. Excuse me. In the PM. PM in the afternoon, and it, Lou, as, as he said, is is actually into Thursday, where it's Wednesday for us. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's 0200. He is a man from the future. Um, there you go. You know, you do, as you said, you are so fortunate because I cannot think of anyone that is non-Asian that herps Asia as regularly as you do. Um, certainly a, a non, I don't mean this, a, a, a non-professional academic um, for a sort of, you know, for a freelance, just a field herper like us to be in Asia as, as often as you are and to get out and go herping, it, it's, it, you know, you're quite unique in that respect. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's 
you know, I'm I'm in my fifties. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not a young guy, but like, you look, you look a young go, guy. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, everywhere I go, I meet up with uh, you know through Facebook and all the uh, social media and Instagram and stuff. I've got groups of people like in Singapore and Hong Kong and and not so much here in Japan, but like when I go to Singapore, like it's a party when I get there. Like, like I, I have more friends in Singapore than I probably do at home. That's and, uh, it's a really great hobby. And the fact it's, you know, pulled me together with other people that's have similar interests. And, uh, you know, we go out doing the same things and I feel like I'm 20 years old again, or you know, maybe they look at me like I'm an old guy. I'm not sure, but, uh, I, I don't feel like an old guy. I'm out, you know, having fun. And it's, uh, I just, uh, I'm in a unique position that, I really try and take advantage of like I have a trip next month to Boston of all places, which I don't go to very often. And I've already met up with some people on Instagram that are going to take me out and show me some snakes. And then I'll be in Cabo a week later, hoping to find some snakes there. And then I'll be back in Japan and I'll be back in Hong Kong. And it's a little bit crazy. It sounds crazier than it probably is. Cause I do have a lot of time off as well, but, uh, uh yeah so you know the whole youtube thing is to share the experience with everybody so they can feel like they were there and i you know that's a hobby in itself but anyway I, I, was there a question in there i'm not sure i'm just rambling on here no there wasn't a question i just hate you for being able to help asia so much to be very honest um <laughs> he says it so casually too he's like yeah we're gonna do a little little stop in boston and we're off to cabo you know <laughs> yeah it's it's i fly these private jets now on the side as well so that's gotten me a little bit more diversity as far as locations and stuff um i used to just fly the 747 exclusively and we fly to the same cities over and over so i mean i have board lines here to go flip in japan that's how often i'm here you know that i've set up over the years <laughs> that's awesome um, so but you know with the private jet flying i just did a trip to dubai which was kind of neat and uh i've got one in seattle later in the month and so it's going to get me some more destinations that i don't get to get you know herp with the 747 trips i do so i'm taking advantage of that if i can as well uh, and you you're very kind as you said you do let us share uh, vicariously your herping experiences um and the thing I know, I know we've talked about this before but i really love the fact that you share the whole experience there's a lot of people on there that literally will, will, you know, do a nice herping video, but they'll just show you the finds. They'll show you, oh, I, today I found this, 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 and this, which doesn't really give you the whole ethos of the field herping experience. I love the fact that you take us out. If you don't find anything, you, you know, you still put the video out and it's still enjoyable. Just, you know, you still get the, the almost the thrill of the chase, even if there's not an end result. Um, I think you're quite, again quite unique to do that because most people only show you successes, but you're quite comfortable showing us when you you know you skunk out for the day. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I when I started the channel, I don't know, it's been a while. You know, I I had no idea what it's doing. You know, I just you know stood up, looked down, hey, here's a snake. You know, and then as I started going for a few years, I started realizing like no one wants to watch that. That's that's boring. I wouldn't watch that. <laughs> you know, so. Um, I've, I've tried over the years to make my videos a little bit better, a little bit more watchable, a little bit more about the experience of going somewhere new and, and striking out if that, you know, that's the case. Um, mo most of my videos in the beginning, I wasn't in the video. I don't like being in front of the camera. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Like I just don't, I do it because there has to be a character that you follow, you know, otherwise the show, you know, 
becomes a little boring, not that I'm interesting or anything, but if you don't have a person to relate to, it, it sort of loses a bit of feel. So I've added myself to the videos over the years and the try to share the, you know, the eating experiences at other places or the lack of sleep and being in full zombie mode or the just seeing butterflies and bugs and birds and everything else you see along the way that you sort of take for granted, but I try and stop and take video of all of it and then somehow edit it all together. So it's not too boring to watch and it, it moves fast enough without, you know, skipping a lot of the good stuff, I guess, which is a lot of times not finding the snakes and, and, in fact, my last video from Singapore, I don't know if you saw it with the blue coral snake, I didn't notice it when it happened. I didn't notice it when I was editing, but apparently a couple monkeys were going at it in the first 10 seconds of the video when I'm saying, hey, I'm coming to you from Singapore. You'll have to watch it because I didn't know it. Until I started reading the comments, you, you just have, I, I can't explain it. You have to just watch it. I, I watched it's it funny when it goes on. I watched it when it came out. I totally missed that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I missed it when it happened. I missed it when I edited it. I missed it all together. And, and then everybody's commenting like, oh, monkey sex in the first 10 seconds of the video. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You know, and that's I had to rewatch it. And uh, it, it's stuff like that that you miss out on if you don't try and share the whole experience. And I, you know, I didn't mean to capture that, but uh, it did add to the video. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, it's awesome that so many people would consider some of the scenes that you're capturing as B-roll or filler. But for you, like you're you recording yourself in the taxi cab or like getting off the plane in the airport or going through customs or whatever, like it just adds so much to the story. hundred percent. I love the yeah. fact that you look like hammered shit sometimes. Cause yeah. you, just you've just <laughs> literally i can't remember one of your Japan videos. You literally video yourself waking up and getting out of bed and, <sighs> you look absolutely exhausted and you're still going out herping, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because all those B-roll shots, you know, they take a lot of time. <laughs> People don't realize it because you just watch through it and it's just, you know, if, if you, if I can do a good video, you don't realize it's B-roll shots that are being taken. You just sort of, you're on the journey and off you go, but there's a lot of setting the camera down, walking into the room, walking out of the room, you know, and the, uh, I'm no video, you know, filmmaker or anything like that, but I try and make it enjoyable. And it, uh, sometimes I try and get creative. Sometimes I go over the top. I try not to, you know, I try and make it as real as it can be, but I still like to add shots that make it interesting that if you look at it back, you go, Oh, well, you would have had to place the camera there to get that shot. But you know, it, it, it keeps the story moving. And so I don't know. I, I try and take as many B-roll shots as I can because the reality is the editing and the videoing of the snake part is the easiest part of the whole video. It's the other story. That's the hardest part to edit and put together. And it's the most fun when it's done, to be honest. Uh, the, the snake is usually pretty easy to do you know, unless it just sits there. Then that's kind of boring. But um, uh, everything else is the challenge. And I, I enjoy the challenge, although I get frustrated at times. And, you know, usually when a video is done, and I'm ready to put it out. I, I just don't even want to look at it for a while. I'm like, I spent days, even if it's like a 10 minute video, it took me like three or four days to put together as ridiculous as that may sound. And uh, I don't want to look at it for a while just because it's stuck in my head. So the question is, uh, you've herped ever such a great deal in Asia and you've herped ever such a great deal in the US. What's the main differences between herping both places? Uh, well, Asia 
kind of goes, you know, most people think of Asia as the real tropical areas like Thailand and Singapore, where that's entirely different because it's hot and humid every day. Like the, the big difference in their days is some days they get rain, some they don't. Most days they get rain, some days they get a lot of rain. But here in Japan, like for instance, up in Tokyo, you know, still being in Asia, it's very, very different. It gets cold winters. It doesn't really snow so much, but it does get cold and all the snakes go underground for the year. So the snakes here in Japan, I'll go out later today and they should maybe just be emerging here in April. We're in like Singapore and even Hong Kong and especially Thailand stuff. They're out all year. So you don't really have any seasons there. You just, there's a wet season and a dry season, but the snakes are out during all the seasons it appears where in the U S and in other places like where you live, um, uh, Nipper, it's, you know, you get shut down for a while and it, it oh, yeah. sort of sucks during the off season. So that's why I like traveling so much so I can still find stuff even when I can't find it at home. So, I mean, the U S is from what I'm in my small knowledge of U S herping, there seems to be a lot of road cruising involved. And, and obviously when you're um, in Asia, you don't road cruise, do you? You, you walk everywhere. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the deserts in the southwest in the U.S., It's there's a road cruising season or a couple seasons where there's a couple months or a few months during the year where, yeah, you can literally find snakes from your car. And I, as lazy as that sounds, it's actually kind of fun. Um, yeah, it, every different type of herping has its pluses and minuses, I guess. And, you know, like flipping boards is it's like Easter where you're, you know, out looking for eggs and it's like, Oh wow, what's under this board, you know? So it's, it, it feels a little like cheating, but it's almost a surprise in itself when you flip it and see it. Um, road cruising has its own, you know, draw to it. There's something about seeing a snake on the road and the headlights and not knowing what it is. And, and, and the thrill of that uh, for me, the ultimate is just to find a snake out in the wild on the crawl where there's nothing involved. There's no, roads there's no there's no pieces of plywood it's just nature that that's my that's my favorite but it's also the hardest it seems so yeah um you know in asia and stuff you get a lot of that where you just go out walking and finding stuff in trees and and on the roads and when i say roads i mean like dirt paths and stuff and that feels a little bit more raw a little, a little bit more connected i don't know somehow <laughs> to what's going on instead of seeing a snake on the road or under a board but uh so that's a big difference right there um a lot of walking, a lot of a lot of hiking with a lot of bottles of water and getting tired. And, you know, I guess I show my age when it comes down to that. But I, I just love being out at night looking for snakes in trees and like Singapore and Thailand. It's just so much of that. And it's so awesome to be looking up instead of looking down. And it's just got a, a vibe that I can't share in words. I can't share in videos. I do my best to share it. But until you do it once, it's just you can't describe it. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just awesome to be out in the field looking at trees at night. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's, it seems like your, your Japanese videos, they seem to be more day related though. Is that because of the different species or just logistics of getting out at night in Japan? Yeah. I've, you know, here I'm up at two in the morning. So in the summer, it gets hot here. So I'll go out and just walk, you know, road cruise by, by foot at night. And I've yet to find anything. I've found some frogs at night and, there's got to be some species that are out, but where, where I am, it's just, there aren't a lot of species in the Tokyo area and most of them are diurnal snakes. It seems. Um, uh, so I, I've tried it without 
much success. So I'll do it if I'm up and it's warm and I'll just got nothing else to do. Anyhow, I'll grab a can of Red Bull or something and go walk on the roads. But it's also by foot. You can't cover as much ground where, I don't know, road cruising in the car here might work around this area. But again, there's only one real species is a mamushi, a pit viper here that would most likely be out on the warm nights. Everything else I think wouldn't. So you're sort of limited as to what you'd find. The rat snakes wouldn't be out. There's a tiger keelback that's a venomous slash poisonous snake and uh, it wouldn't be out. And I really don't think you'd find a lot. So even though I do it, I, I, I haven't scored yet. If I, if I do, I'll put a video out, but it, it hasn't happened. That's awesome. <laughs> Mamushi and tiger killbacks. That's that mad. killer, That's, man, killer. I would particularly uh, that is that a Gloidius, the Mamushi? Yeah, it's Gloidius and Rhabdophus on the uh, tiger. Yeah, that Gloidius, I really, really want to see in the wild. Um, Japan is one of my number one places that I want to herp, um, mainly for salamanders. But yeah, to see Gloidius would be amazing in the wild. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then Japan, obviously, being a decent country in size and running mostly from north the south you know it has a big difference if you go down toward the islands to the south like okinawa and stuff you know it's tropical all year so they have a whole different herping you know experience than i do here in the tokyo area let me let me ask you if i may uh, do you have any tips for an individual who is not necessarily going on a herping trip because you would assume that an individual would do their homework more or less but let's say i have to do I have to do business in Singapore and I'm going to be there for 24 hours or 48 hours and I've got a hotel. What do you recommend to people to, how do I phrase this? Go herping if they don't know spots or they don't know people or they don't have connections. Is there any like small tips that you might want to give people to kind of share that thought process? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'm showing my age because Facebook is a thing I still use and it actually has groups on there that are reptile related and even specific to certain countries or areas. So I'll reach out on there. You know, there's groups on there like uh, herping, the, herping the globe and, and stuff like that where you can literally put a quick post out and say, hey, I'm going to be in like I put a post out just the other day. Say, hey, I'm coming to Boston for a day. Anybody want to, you know, yeah. help me out, show me around? And a lot of times as a new person, if they don't know who you are no one responds or you'll get shut down and they'll say, yeah, I learned it. You know, it's better to learn it on your own and stuff. So as a newbie, it's a, uh, it's tough to break into it because everybody thinks you're going to go out and take the snakes. I think is that is the theme in yeah. Southern California mm -hmm. at least. But uh, so most people don't want to help you. I have people that reach out to me in comments on YouTube or on Instagram and you know, it's tough. I, I try and give them general knowledge. Like you can use Google earth. You can use iNaturalist. You can look for areas where snakes have been found, you know, simple stuff like that. But the reality is if you can find somebody local, that's your key. And, and especially if they don't want to just tell you spots, if they want to take you and show you, you know, yeah. that's, that's the goal. And I mean, meeting other people that do what you like to do is, you know, that's the true, you know, the true gem of the oh, trip. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, Oh, I mean, Google Earth can help if you're looking for trash and stuff to flip. You can you can literally find you can zoom in to find a two foot by two foot piece of ply, plywood on the ground on Google Earth nowadays. Very true. Um, very true. If you're in a habitat for that, if you're looking to road cruise or something, you know, it's like in Florida. I wasn't really familiar with Florida, but I I looked at some roads and 
looked at roads that went through habitat where I didn't think people would be driving so much. And I kind of did that. Um, Singapore and stuff, the hot tropical places, you just got to find places to go walk. And it, it's tough because different species prefer different little micro habitats within what looks all the same to you as a new person to the area. You know, you go to Singapore, you look out your window like, oh, it's jungle here. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it is. But like the Oriental whip snakes, they don't like the jungle. They like to be on the edge of the jungle. They like to disturb part of it. They want to be where the houses are next to the jungle so that the, the lights are on and the geckos are out running around and they have easy meals. So, uh, you know, a lot of snakes have adapted to the little micro climates or micro habitats that exist that you really don't see as a new person. Um, the blue coral snake that I like to find it, in my experience has a certain area with certain leaf litter that it prefers more than anywhere else. And, and the reality is it will all look like that to you as a new person. Yeah. So it takes a little experience and getting that experience is time in the field, but it's also trying to find somebody who has time in the field that can point out things that you would overlook and getting that help is difficult. I get comments on YouTube and I don't just give out areas on my YouTube channel. Cause I feel like that'd be a little bit disrespectful to the people that live there and the people that I go look sure, for snakes of with course, of course. just the habitat in itself. So it's tough to help without, you know, harming at the same yeah. time, you know, so it's a, it's a tough one to really help somebody new. Um, I always say hey, great tips though, man. Great tips you can with me if I'm there. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's, I guess that's my answer. I mean, awesome. I, can, I completely agree. If you're tight for time, if you've only got a day, 24 hours in a country, um, having a local guide, it, you know, is invaluable. You know, as you, I've had it so many times where you think you're in absolutely perfect habitat. Um, and yet the local will come up and go, Oh, just try another 500 yards down the road yeah. and, you know, you're getting the species straight away, but you'd have missed it if, if you didn't have that local knowledge. Yeah. And then even seeing a snake, even a blue coral snake or something like that, where you think it's so striking and then it, the colors are so bright that you couldn't miss it. Mm. Mm, not, not quite, <laughs> it doesn't quite work like that sometimes. So until you see a species for the first time, you really, you sort of know what you're looking for, but until you've seen it, it's not in your brain what you're looking for. Like there's shore pit vipers that are out in Singapore and in the mangroves, they're everywhere. But until you found your first one, I mean, it took me months to find one of walking and walking and walking. Cause I didn't really have a picture in my mind of exactly how it was going to be sitting or what it was going to be doing. And until I saw one, I'm like, Oh, and then I saw, I think three that day. And then every trip since I've always found one, it's uh, yeah, I know what I'm looking for. And I, and I, in my brain, I know what's right and what's wrong, even though the area looks same to everybody else i think yeah and that's a that's a great example too just because you have so many different phenotypes of that one species that the animals on the south side of singapore are much lighter than the ones on the north side and their patterning and spotting can be different so it also i think pays to have an idea of what animals might be there before you just start wandering and I yeah, exactly that, exactly I, and i and i a lot of times i get stuck to where i go places and and you know, I'll get a trip to, I don't know, when I had a trip out to Djibouti in Africa or something, I'll, I'll get some weird charter that pops up and there's nobody to help me. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do here? You know, and it's a, I got one day, I don't know if I'm going out in the daytime or the nighttime. I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't even, I'll try and do a quick, you know, internet search to see what species are in the area. Um, but it's a lot of walking blind, you know, that, 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 that's just part of the hobby. And that's why I enjoy seeing other things like the small little bugs or birds or man 
animals or anything I can find, to be honest, adds to the experience. And, and if I find a snake, it's a bonus. But, you know, a lot of places, you know, I, I can't pick the perfect day or the perfect time or the perfect weather. I have the day that I'm there and that's the day I'm going to look. And it may not be the greatest conditions, but yeah. those are the conditions I have to deal with. Well put, sir. Well put. And please tell me you have herped in Djibouti. Uh, uh, not not really. We were only there for one day. Um, I, I did look a little bit. We did a, a whale shark thing when we went. Oh, that's cool. We, no, yeah, it was awesome. There were whale sharks everywhere. There's like 20 whale sharks, and we went snorkeling with those. And we went w- walking on the land out there, but it's not a real friendly country yeah. to be roaming outside the compound that you're staying in, essentially. Um, so we walked on shore somewhere kind of out in the middle of nowhere where we went looking for whale sharks. We took a break and I, I looked around for some cobras or something out there, but uh, it was hot. I, there was literally nothing growing up in some of those areas of the world. Like there's like no vegetation, <laughs> like oh, we yeah. call it the sandbox and we fly over it. And it's, it's like a sandbox. I mean, it's, it's literally sand everywhere and it's, it's hard to believe anything lives out there. That's wild. Awesome. So you just triggered another question to me. Do you feel safe? I mean, clearly not in some uh, areas, but uh, in Asia, do you feel safe if you're out herping by yourself? Yeah, I never, never Singapore. Like I couldn't imagine anything happening to anybody there. I mean, everybody's, you know, it's a pretty law abiding country and they have some interesting laws. I think with, I think the chewing gum is still a thing there. And uh, anyway, you don't feel like, you know, the man is out looking after you and, you know, or anything like that. You don't feel like, you know, the police has got their eye on you, but it's just, you feel safe. Like I, I I've never felt safer than probably Singapore um, here in Japan, the same thing. Like you could leave, you know, a thousand yen is like $10. It's a, it's a note. It's a bill. You could leave that in a public space and come back a week later and it'd be sitting in the exact same place you left it unless it, unless it blew away because no one would take it because it's not theirs. And, uh, so Japan, yeah. Thailand, I've never had any issues. Indonesia, uh, it might be a little sketchier in some areas, but in the main areas, not so much. Uh, some of those areas where it gets to be a little bit more third worldish, I guess you could call it, where the uh, you know the poverty levels a little bit higher, and uh, it's everybody's trying to sell you drugs, and you know, and, and you need lady friend, and you know all that kind of stuff going on. But nobody's really there to hurt you. They're just trying to make a dollar, I think. Um, I've never felt unsafe anywhere I've gone, to be honest. Even in Djibouti, I I would have left the compound, which was the hotel, which was, you know, guarded and everything. I would have gone out if I could have got a driver to take me around at night and just stay with me. So, you know, I didn't want to – I didn't think renting a car was an option there. But I couldn't really find a way of doing it. And the people at the hotel are like, no, no, we don't – we don't – you know, I don't know what you're talking about, but that doesn't sound like a good idea. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I was okay with that. You know, when you see armed guards at your hotel, you know, big gate you go through with, you know, all the double barbed wire, that's eh, maybe a sign that that's the side of the fence you should be on there. Yeah. There, there's not many iNaturalist hits from that country. <laughs> yeah, probably not. You know, so although there's a red, I think there's a red spitting cobra. There's something I really wanted to see, but you know, if it wasn't by the hotel grounds, I wasn't going to see it. Yeah. Still cool. man. Still awesome. So talk us through some of your Asian countries and the species that you normally encounter. Uh, let's start with Singapore because I know it's one of the best countries in the world. The best people in the world come from Singapore. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, rolling, it's, uh, Phil's oh, rolling. Oh, Phil's yeah. rolling his eyes because I'm actually I was born in Singapore, so it's obviously one of the finest. Oh, really? Countries. Yeah, I was. Uh, oh. It's one of the finest countries in the world. Um, so yeah, just, just start with Singapore. Yeah. yeah, I'll roll through. I'll roll through some of them. I won't use the scientific names because I don't know most of them. To be honest, I'm. This is a hobby for me, and I just kind of use the common names. But uh, and I know most of the scientific names, but I'll probably you know I'll probably pronounce them wrong and it'll sound like some kind of disease you might not want to get from a local. So uh, I'll just go with the common <laughs> names. Uh, Singapore. <laughs> yeah, no joke, though. Um, you got the, the couple whip snakes there. Some people call them vine snakes. There's the oriental whip snake, which is green. And there's a big eyed whip snake, which is also green. Um, they look very, very similar. They're one of my favorite snakes to find, even though they're so common. They're just there's something about a, a neon green snake with big eyes. And it's just it's got a personality to it, even though like snakes don't really have personalities, I guess, but it, it feels like it does. And um, some of the whip snakes can be not so green. In my last video, I found one that was more whitish or brownish, but for the most part, they're so green that they're greener than the trees and the bushes they're in, that it's almost like what happened here? Like, how come you guys are so green? Like, like, I don't get it, but uh, they, there's um, something about this. Thing. Are they rear fangs? This, that yeah, apparently they're mildly venomous, but the venom doesn't affect people. And I, I've heard people that have been bit by them that they get a little itch or a little rash. But I mean, it lasts for 15 minutes type thing. It's not a not a significant bite. Um, but yeah, I love those. And the Oriental Whip seems to be the most common of the two. There's also a speckle-headed whip snake there that I've never seen. And it's only in a select part of Singapore, and they're rarely seen. So haven't seen that one, but the two other whip snakes I've seen... Um, there's a ton of water snakes, the dog, dog faced water snake. I think it is, uh, um, being the most common, they're everywhere. Like once you, once you know how to find them, you know, high tide at, at night, once you see one, you'll see a hundred, like they're everywhere. There's some other water snake species. To be honest, I don't get off the boardwalk and get down to the water's level to go look at them. So the other ones that are there, it'd be hard to distinguish really for me what they are from the distance I'd be looking from. Um, there is a banded file snake, which I've seen once a long time ago. That's a really cool, funky looking snake with a real loose skin. And I've seen Very one cool. once, but it was really deep in the water. Yeah. So I, I could tell what it was by the banding, you know, but uh, um, that's it for the water snakes. As far as I know, there might even be some sea snakes there. There is a banded crate apparently that makes an appearance on one of the little islands off Singapore, but I haven't seen it, but people have. Um, which is interesting because it's normally, it's the banded crate. It's normally yellow and black in most countries, but in Singapore, it's white and black. So it's a little different than the other ones. Um, again, I haven't seen that, but hopefully I will on one of these trips. Very cool. Uh, yeah. And then there's a couple pit vipers. There's a shore pit viper, which we talked about earlier, the mangrove pit viper, some people call it. Um, really cool. It's uh, obviously lives in the mangroves, hangs out in the trees there above the waterline. Easiest found at higher tides when they sort of, the ones that would be on the lower branches all kind of get pushed up. So they'll all move up. So if you're looking for those high tides, your easiest time to find them typically within a meter of the waterline. Um, they're really cool because some of them have red eyes, some of them have kind of orange eyes, but they're dark colored. Some have patterns. They're a little bit different on depending on the locale, like you mentioned earlier, Phil. Um, but mostly a dark snake, a dark brown snake. Um, and kind of interesting, even, even though they're kind of unicolor, uh, there's something about them that's kind of cool. They kind of have that 
personality with the devilish looking red eyes. I don't know. There's something cool about that. Um, they're very alert. So if you get close enough to them, they'll know you're there and, uh, you know, the tongue will start flicking and, uh, they'll kind of come out and look at you, you know, they won't leave their branch, but they'll, they'll definitely eyeball you. Um, the other pit viper there is the waggler's pit viper, which, uh, it's, it's, there's a male and a female as there is in any other species, but in these ones, they're very, very different looking. The male being green and very small, the female being spectacularly colored starts off looking like the male when it's little and then it transitions to this yellow and black and white with it's just over the top if you could draw a cartoony looking snake that's it it's got a big head and it just it just looks too perfect i don't know i don't know how to describe yeah, it it's just, anybody who's listened to this who has not googled waggler's viper or temple viper yeah temple just, viper yeah just stop listening and go google it and yeah be it's, amazed. it's when I first saw one, I was like, Oh my God. Like I, like I was, I was freaking out, you know, and I found it at night and then I realized it wasn't going anywhere. So then I waited until the sun came up so I could see it in the daylight. And it, I, I took so much video and it's for me as a guy that likes to make videos, it's not the most interesting. Both of the vipers aren't so interesting. And in the fact they don't move so much. So they're great for photographers who want to take great still pictures because they can get that shot they want. But for video, you need something moving in frame for it really to make the video move along, so to speak. So um, unless I'm talking over it, which I usually talk when I'm out there just because I got to say something. Otherwise, it's sort of a boring video. But without them moving, it's it's, it's kind of a hard subject to video, even though it seems like it'd be the easiest subject to video. It, uh, for you guys that are in making videos, action's what you want. You want things moving in your frame. And if, if they aren't moving in your frame, then you got to move the camera to make it look like things are moving so you got to be zooming in zooming out moving left to right doing something to create movement and uh so snakes like that even though they're beautiful and sit in one spot they're a bit challenging to make a good video out of but yeah wagglers or temple pit vipers are spectacular and i'm not taking anything away from the male ones they're cool too in their own way they're green i like green snakes they're not as fluorescent green as like the whip snakes so they're a little bit uh, more drab but uh yeah, uh, the females kind of steal the show on the wagglers or the temple pit vipers. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Which um, and then let's see, we've got. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, which subspecies of wagglers is it in Singapore? Ooh, I don't. I wouldn't be able is to. It, I, I think it's waggler eye waggler eye. Is it? I think okay. so. Let me let me check. Well, well, you guys keep going there. Okay. It's yeah. just really weird because wagglers is one of the snakes that nobody does well with in captivity. I don't know anyone that's oh, interesting. Has, you think because it's such a sedentary snake, you think it would be made for being kept in a vivarium. But yeah, I know some guys. Is. Some guys in Florida. Um, is it Rhett? Is it Stan Mary? Yeah, Strawberry? Rhett's Stan got some. Yeah, Rhett's got some. Yeah, I don't know like, personally. You, you, you never see them regularly bred in captivity. It's it's really strange. No. Yeah, yeah and they're reason. like they're stunning looking. I mean there's a lot 100%. of green ones that look really nice, other species of those, you know, trims that are out there but that people keep. But there's something about the wagglers that are just it's so different than the rest. It's so over the top different that I love and it. It's got such a massive head as well. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does. And it's I know people that have been bit by them and uh oh, really? apparently it's not a very significant bite from what I've been told. Uh I'm not saying you shouldn't go to the hospital. I'm not saying you shouldn't get treated, but no. the, the guy that I know that's been bit by both male and female, 
didn't do anything about it. He just went really? home. And, you know, yeah, yeah. But he's kind of a crazy guy, anyhow. Wow. But, uh, um, but yeah. Now, apparently, the short pit viper, on the other hand, is a that's very different. Trimerosaurus has got a very naughty bite. Yes. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So it's funny because it, it, it's it's quite a bit smaller, typically than the wagglers as far as head size and. I would yeah. expect venom yield, but uh, the, the the wagglers I've heard is not that bad of a snake to get bit by. But again, I wouldn't want to find out. And I don't want you no. know, I want anybody else to find out. No. Um, other snakes out there, you've got a couple cobras. Um, I've <laughs> there's two cobras, the uh, the spitting cobra and the king cobra. I've only seen one, and luckily it was the king. Wow. Although now I'm hoping to find the spitter. I've seen a king that was. Uh, maybe up to about three meters in length that was a lifetime moment obviously oh, i mean it was 100 that's one of yeah. my most wanted snakes to see in the wild i've seen yeah, obviously the seen them in captivity but in the wild it was an experience yeah it's uh in the ones in singapore are relatively at least the one i saw it was relatively drab and unicolor it wasn't like super i've seen one in, in, in hong kong that was over the top gold and and, and, and kind of transitioning between a, an adult and a juvenile that was spectacular. The one in Singapore was larger, but relatively drab. But then like a month ago or two months ago, I was out with my group and they found a juvenile king cobra, which is rarely seen. And the thing was, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 centimeters long. It wasn't very big. You know, it was a tiny little guy and it was uh, equally as stunning in the fact it was a little bit more colorful and, uh, um, but there's just something about finding a king cobra. You guys know. I mean, it would be like for most people, it's kind of the pinnacle of perfect being the fact. Yeah, yeah, you know, being the largest venomous snake in the world, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Kind I can't, of, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of a more iconic. Um, it's, on, it's on the top five, isn't it? It's like Western yeah. Diamondback, King Cobra, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something, I don't know, I've, I saw my first cobra was in Hong Kong, it was a Chinese cobra, and uh, just, you know, growing up, you've, you've seen videos, you've seen pictures, you you know what a cobra isn't, but till you first see one hood up right in front of you, it is, oh it's God. something yeah. you won't forget, you know, it's, 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 it's magical in a way, I don't, you know, they don't want to hood up, they just want to leave, but when they do decide to stand their ground, it is definitely something to behold, and a lot of them hiss and they can hiss loud and, and, you know, they'll do the mock striking. If you get too close, like they don't want to bite you. They just want to headbutt you for the most part, it seems like. So they'll kind of strike with their head down. Like they just want to intimidate you. They don't want to kill you or hurt you or use their venom on you. They just want you to leave them alone. And uh, they are uh, definitely an awesome snake. So the King being as large as it is, you know, as a, it, yeah, that, that the one I saw, there was a parks guy behind me that worked for the National Parks in Singapore, and, and he was telling, apparently he was telling me that I was too close and I needed to move back, but I thought he was talking to somebody else because I was so into getting the shot and trying to get the shots, and I became, I don't know, someone trying to share the experience, and I, it wasn't that I was trying to be unsafe, but I felt perfectly safe where I was, and I wasn't, you know, threatening the snake, and the snake seemed to care less that I was there, and so I may have found myself in a position where I could have been closer than probably I should have been, but I never felt in danger, but it was it one of those moments. I'm going to ask you, Lou, and be honest, were you wearing your flip-flops? Yeah, of course I was. Yeah. I, yes. I wear those all the time. Until oh, recently, I, yes. I went out recently without them. You, you would have been proud of me. I went out with a, a girl, Starin from Starin's Wild World. I don't know. 
you, you guys probably know who she is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen her on the, yeah. Yeah, she was recently in Singapore, and I, I went out with her one night. That's going to sound wrong. We went out looking for snakes one night. And, uh, you know, and I wasn't wearing flip-flops. And I, one of the nights I was and one of them I wasn't. And I think she made a comment on the fact I was wearing flip-flops, too. But uh, that's just me. I don't, I'm not trying to be reckless. I'm not trying to be I, – I, I just – I don't really own shoes. I'm not a shoe person. I, I grew up surfing. I grew up on the beach. And I just – That's the I feel shittest excuse ever. <laughs> I don't own shoes. Yeah. That's good. My wife hates it, but <laughs> – I imagine uh, I imagine yeah. him full in full captain's uniform 100%. behind behind the yoke on the 747 flip flops. Yeah, no, that 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 I I have shoes, I have dress shoes, but they wouldn't go so well out in the field. I don't think. Yeah, but, uh, maybe I'll wear those to work someday. This flip flops in the 74 that might make a video. Yeah, My nice. That'd be awesome. Before we continue, I have Googled what I needed to Google because I know our listeners are going to be like, "You don't know the different subspecies of Waggler." I so. From what I can gather, they're all Tropodolimus waggleri now. There is no subspecies; it's just different phenotypes. So, right, okay. For anyone listening who wants to be that person, there and you it go. is wagglers, it is waggleri. They're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the there was there's there was two or three others in that clade that were given their own species status. Um, Semi something. Hang on a second. I'm trying to get dead. to the Tropodolimus page. So, yeah, so now you have. I can't even say that word. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got Tropodolimus Huttoni, Latticinctus, Philippinensis, Suma... Subanulatus, excuse me. Subanulatus. And yeah. Subanulatus is. Um, I know f- me personally, we used to get them back in the day, but they were they were considered Waggleri, and those died they died really really well in captivity yeah and i think it was a lot to do with their their trip here you know yeah yeah so interesting <clears throat> thanks for that phil always yep. on the ball always on the Trying. ball so that's singapore so you mentioned hong kong what what are the sort of um Hot species for Hong Kong, or is it is it the same as it's the same? No, genus? there's different ones, and there's a lot more in Singapore too. I didn't mention the blue coral, which is my favorite to find, oh, which is not in Hong Kong. But... Amazing looking snake. Yeah, I okay. mean, uh, even Phil could take a decent picture of that snake. It's <laughs> so photogenic. It it's uh, it it tops the king coral in my or king king cobra in my opinion. It's yeah. I'd rather find a blue coral over a king cobra. Although it'd yeah. be a tight, I, I, that's a tough one to call. But the blue coral, there's something about it that I don't, I can't describe the blue. The video hopefully shows the blue, but it's a, there's a butterfly called a morpho. I used to like butterflies growing up. There's a butterfly that lives in coast, most people see them in Costa Rica, but they live in Brazil and in that area that they are, they have a wing that is, it, it's all blue, but it, it it doesn't actually, I forget how it works. It doesn't actually reflect the color blue to your eyes, but somehow it does something different to get the blue to you. And I forget technically how it works, but it's an iridescent blue like no other. I don't know how to describe it. And the blue coral snake sort of has that same electric blue that looks like it goes beyond the scales. It's not like you're looking at the surface of it. It's blue. It just somehow... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's 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 mesmerizing. It, <laughs> it, it just, almost radiates it, into itself. Yeah, it 
it, yeah, it's just, it's really bizarre and it's, it's really cool. And it's, uh, something with the red head and the red tail and oh, it's, yeah. it's red all and he's kind of an orangish red, but, uh, there's, I don't know the fact it can kill you, obviously, maybe that adds to the allure, like with the, with the other venomous snakes, but, uh, there's something about it. It's super peaceful. It's, you know, like most snakes just meanders on its way, seems to care less that you're there. It's one of those, you can get right up next to it. And it really doesn't have any interest in you. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to take a video of it going over my foot or anything like that in my sandals, but, uh, um, although that almost happened once um it's it's just it's just yeah well i was it's just a magic snake i don't know it's just something about it that when you see one you you you're not the same person after i i, I was with staring from staring's wild world she's from amsterdam area i think she lives in spain as well um she'd never seen one and i seeing her reaction even though it was my sixth one and it almost felt like it was my first one seeing her reaction when she saw it was priceless it was because I knew the feeling and, and, and oh, yeah. yeah, it's just, you can't put it into words. It's just, it was just, yeah, it was, well, was all inspiring. I was waiting for you or Nipper to, to bring up this whole, you know, Calliophis section. Right. And I've never played with one or worked with one in person before, but I've had the opportunity to, to work with several other Calliophis and a good longtime friend of mine. He had several of them back almost 20 years ago. And it's funny that you mentioned the whole peaceful tranquility of it because he would call them the samurai farmer because okay. it's a farmer who just wants to till the fields and work with the livestock. But if something happens, it yep. rips that samurai sword out so quick and you have no idea what just hit you. So, yeah, I, they sort of call it blue lightning as a yeah. nickname out in Singapore because it yeah. Goes from like okay everything's fine to you know what was that you know and it's yeah. gone you know and I was actually I, I just watched your recent one that you're described the recent video you're describing and uh, when you posted it and all I could think of was man these shots are incredible how did it sit still especially at night yeah and, and it's funny because everybody finds them at night everywhere else in their range it seems except Singapore Singapore. The, the the golden hour is like seven to nine a.m. It seems that's when most of them seem to be found. None of them are found at night in Singapore. Now, do less people go out at night in Singapore? Or maybe that's why they're not found at night. I mean, it could be that's the case, but this is only the second one I know of that have been found at night in Singapore. And uh, I didn't find it. There was another group we had split up that night. There were two groups of us, and one of us, you know, figured we'll cover some more ground. And the other group had found it. It was actually eating another snake when they found it. Oh, wow. Which That's awesome. I would have loved to have seen, but did they mention uh, that, what it was? You know, that didn't happen. But so I'm sorry. Did, did they mention what species it had, it had eaten? Yeah, it was a variable reed snake, uh, um, which I haven't seen either. They, I've seen the pink headed reed snake and they have a dwarf reed snake, but I haven't seen the variable one either. Had they, by the most people said that doesn't really show up too much in Singapore. But you know, these blue corals, they hunt the leaf litter for other snakes. Yeah. So that's kind of their thing. And, uh, Anyway, it was on, I think they found it on the side of the road, you know, uh, or very close to the side of the road eating another snake. And so they called us over and by the time we got there, it had already finished its meal, but it was kind of just in this mellow state, you know, and a lot of people take pictures and everything else. And it, you know, a lot goes on behind the video that I don't put in the video. So sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, I'm not saying what happened or didn't happen, but I'm saying the snake was in a nice mellow state we all knew that we didn't want to upset it in any way because it just had a meal that we didn't want it to lose, you know, and have that snake die yeah. for nothing. So, of course, of you course. know, 
we were cautious, but at the same time, we tried to keep it in a, in a certain area by sort of blocking exits that might have been an easy way for it to leave. So then right. it just kind of felt peace in where it was. And, and we were able to video and take pictures where it was for a little while before we let it go in the direction it sort of wanted to go. And then it awesome. was off. Absolutely. So I've got Incredible. hours of video that I had to oh. condense into a couple minutes or whatever I showed. And I, trying to pick the best pieces was impossible. And, and, and I, I didn't say much. I'm not a narrator of videos. I don't like to go in afterward and, and add my voice to a video. I hate doing that. So whatever I put in my video is what I said when I was out in the field. And we were all, all so in awe and people were like, it was chaotic and it was crazy. And, and I didn't really say anything. I was just sitting there looking at it like, oh my God, oh my God. So most of my videos, me saying, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, and uh, <laughs> that's so, awesome. It, yeah, it was, but it made it hard to hard to narrate it, or not narrate it, but put a video together because I didn't really, I didn't really have, any, I didn't say anything about it. Like, oh, this thing's this big, and it's you know, it's it's venomous. And luckily, Staren was there, and she was doing her little thing, so I kind of was able to use her narration into my video and, and and make it all into something that way. But it wasn't my wasn't my intent. But uh, herping with a group of people is super fun, and I I. I preferred over going out by myself but that said going out by myself i can usually make a better video in the fact that i can sort of think what i want what i need and, and not take other people's time away from them by getting what i want so it's a whole different video when there's other people and they actually usually turn out better but um i can't always get the shots that i would get otherwise just because everybody wants their pictures and everybody you know of course, i mean everybody wants their turn and i'm usually just hanging in the background until i get some free shots but Anyway, awesome. yeah, that that was an experience. That snake, you know, that's Blue Coral Six, and uh, you know, I think I waited five years for Blue Coral Six. It's been a long time since I've seen one, and uh, well, well worth the wait. Uh, before we go to Hong Kong species, have you found any other Calliope or any other uh, corals in that in that area or no? Yeah, I've seen the uh, you know, and, and I was with, out with the group who found it, but uh, I was there when it was found. Was the they call it the banded? coral snake although it's striped on top the belly's banded i don't know is it in starts with an in the, the yeah, scientific in, intestinalis that's it so that's yep. the one i've seen that one i know people have been bit by that one as well oh really um, yeah and the blue coral i know people have been bit by that as well believe it or not well, um, that's that's uh, crazy a, a friend of mine we we actually kind of shared an intestinalis as a pet for a little while and really they, they've they've basically become my favorite of the calliophas and it's just an incredible the like you talk about the the depth of color on the blue yeah. you almost get like the when you have those old red and blue three glasses from like 20 years ago yeah right it's kind of like when looking it, through those where there's like a depth to the scalation on the top yeah. with like an iridescence incredible animals yeah i have one video of one and it's like that and it was freshly shed i'm guessing everybody just all look like that and the ones in singapore are more orangish than some of the countries they get a little bit more almost like a tannish color that the stripe isn't as defined on top but the ones in singapore they look like like some kind of garter snake on steroids like they're just yeah. you know striped down the middle and they're just they're spectacular and then you know we flipped it over and we're able to see the belly which was equally as spectacular yeah, you know but belly. um yeah, and uh, you know, too bad they don't get a little bigger. Um, that would be kind of cool, but yeah, they um, are kind of tiny. Yeah, and, you know, and they're a little bit, you know, well, uh, when they're just cruising, they're fine. But if you if you mess with them at all, they get kind of jerky and twitchy, and they don't look natural the way they move and stuff. But uh, yeah, um, I, I'm hoping to see another one. I haven't. I've only seen one, and it was a long time ago. And uh, 
it was yeah it was the same thing where it's like it almost looked like a glow in the dark you know yeah. it was just really really cool so awesome. yeah that's another one i've seen in singapore that was those are the two corals there's two corals two cobras two pit vipers I think those are the main venomous ones and the one crate that's there. And then there's some other snakes that I've seen as well. Some, some of the cat snakes are there and stuff in Singapore, but um, Hong Kong, I don't know if they have any of the cat snakes. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. So what about Hong Kong then? What species yeah. have, we, have we seen in Hong Kong? Yeah. So Hong Kong, my, my overnights in Hong Kong are very short. They're 22 hours. So it's just sort of a, go when I can look when I can it's typically summertime is the best there when it's the hottest and and I go out at night and try and find snakes that a lot of times they're stuck in little ditches and canals it's it's kind of a cheater way of finding them but it's kind of the easiest way to find them so I'll walk some canals at night and try and find snakes that way um I've seen the king cobra there that was probably one of the most beautiful snakes I've ever seen in fact it was maybe about two meters and kind of changing between the uh that you know the juvenile and the adult and it was it was it was gold that was literally wow i took a video that looks pretty good but it, it doesn't it doesn't do it justice i wish the sun had yeah. come out it came out it was starting to rain it, it just was what it was but some of the banding was gold like it looked it looked like a gold bar with like i don't know i'm going on about it but i saw one of the one of those that was that was really cool i've seen chinese cobras there that not as colorful not as you know, it's not like a king, but they're equally impressive in the fact that sure. they stand their ground if they're backed up and they hiss and they headbutt and they they do the full on cobra thing. And it is get, a little bit scary, impressive when they do it. And shit again, runs they on the hood. Get away, but yeah, they're they're really cool. Um, there's a, a let's see, they call it the bamboo pit viper. There, it might be the white lip pit viper. Other places, I think it's all the same. But there's there's one of the pit vipers. It's green. It's, it's spectacular looking green, kind of yellowish underneath. And it, uh, for video again, it kind of just sits in one spot. So impressive to find really cool. But you know, for me as a video person, it's not the greatest to take video of, but I'm still amazed every time I find one, I usually find them against a, a man-made background. So they don't look as good. So I'll usually move them out and put them on a tree somewhere. And then they, then they look cool. Um, there is, Let's see. There's a snake I find there that's one of my favorite snakes in the world to find, and it's a super common snake. It's not in the pet trade, though, that I'm aware of, called a greater green snake. It's And this one's really got a weird scientific name, but uh, greater green snake, it's one of those snakes. I, I like green snakes. I don't know what it is. I like green colored snakes, and something about this one, the kind of bluish eye, the the way the scales are all, they don't overlap. They're not they just they fit like it was like i don't know like it was 3d printed you know what i'm saying like all the scales just fit together so perfectly and it, it's just everything about it is perfect it's the perfect shade of green it's you know it's non-venomous so you can pick it up you know which is it's a plus and a minus there's something cool about venomous snakes but it's also cool when you actually pick a snake up and look at it oh, you know and, uh, yeah yeah so the greater green snake is one of my favorite snakes to find there and it's uh you know I literally thought about taking one home with me at one point, even though that's, uh, I think, slightly illegal. But, um, you know, I don't know if it's more of a guideline than a rule. I wasn't going to ask. I was just going to do it. But, you know, well, that's not... better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> when, when they open it at customs, I just got to look just as scared as they are. Like, oh, my God, it's just like, you know, like that's, that's, that would have been my defense. You know? 100%. But, uh, uh, 
Um, they're it super was... cool. There's something about those. That... I'm sorry. I was just going to say, just going back, I just Googled it. I thought I was right. It's uh, Abelabris is the uh, Trimericerus from Hong Kong oh. that you were talking about. So oh, yeah. The, so it is the the white-lipped. Or the, white-lipped, yeah. the white-lipped pit viper. Yeah, yeah. I think they, the common name in Hong Kong. Everybody calls it the uh, bamboo pit viper. There, I know everything right. changes names, but uh, yeah. But the greater green snake, I don't know what its technical, you know, scientific name. It's, is. A, it's a funky one. It's I, it's Pataias. No, I don't think so. I think oh, is it now? Maybe it's different. It used to start with a C or something. I used to be Polygnathus. Maybe, yeah. I've, you know, it sounds like a disease again. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure but uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure really cool snakes now. Okay, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, if you look up greater green snake, it'll show up somewhere, but I don't know what it is. But it's a stunning, stunning snake in person to see. It's just really cool. There's some, there's some uh, rat snakes there. You get the uh, white-bellied rat snake. You get the uh, the common rat. You get there's a couple of those I've seen. Those are cool because they're big, but they're usually bitey and and nasty and don't want to be messed with. So. For me, as a video person, I want to get a video of them moving, but I don't want the video of them actually biting me in the face. You know, I want the video of them looking natural as they're going up a branch or something. But, you know, all those shots with those snakes are a one-time only shot because once it's in the tree, it's gone, you know. Yeah. so and, um, and it is kind of impressive to get the, the defensive display, you know. Yeah, it is. And I'm not going to lie, like you know, like the rattlesnakes in the U.S., you know, the classic, yeah. hey, it's rattling and it's looking at me. That's cool, even though it typically wouldn't do that. It just wants to get away. But th- there is something there is something that's kind of neat about that. So, yeah, especially they got when those, they got one called. A, what's that? I was going to say, especially when someone like yourself has the ability to show both, you know, you get to show yeah. it, show it being natural, also showing it being a little defensive. That Yeah. That... And, and then I then I find it myself in a gray area a lot of times because it depends on what country you're in as to what the laws are as far as you handling a snake right, um right. and i used to just sort of ignore all that and like well you know who's gonna know the difference even if i'm making a video i don't usually have the video of me holding it but like if i need it moving left to right i gotta set it down and get it to move left to right so i can get a shot and then i need a shot of it coming at me so i've got to pick it up and move it again so all those shots of it moving you know seamlessly are actually different shots of me moving it to get the shot to make it look seamless so that I can share the beauty of something so people maybe respect it and leave it alone. But, you know, here I've yeah. actually picked it up to, to do that, but I try not to show that. Um, Singapore is a big no touch place now. So I don't video anybody holding snakes or touching snakes or if I can help it, I don't. Um, Hong Kong, I'm not sure exactly what the rules are. I, I try and look them up. Um, what I look up first is the local 911 number, to be honest, if you guys are traveling to other countries, a little tip from, I've never had to use it, but like it's not nine nine one one everywhere. It could be nine seven seven in Singapore, nine six six in Hong Kong. I, I forget what it is, but every time I go to a country, I look what it is. So if I do get bit somewhere, I can at least call somebody. Oh yeah, because you don't want to be fumbling around. Like, great, do I hit zero for operator? Like, what do I do? Who do I call? You know, so um, that's something I do as a precaution. Even though I smart. wear sandals, um, I do go that step. It's very um, smart. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so Hong Kong's got some rat snakes. It's got a radiated rat snake, or a, I think it has a different name to it. It's I think it's in the rat snake species. It's kind of cool, copperhead racer. I think they call it as well. It's kind of a feisty thing, and it gets kind of big. It's 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 kind of a cool one to find. Um, I've seen both crates out there. Which there's something about seeing there's a banded crate and a mini banded crate. One being That's black awesome. and yellow, and one being black and white with a lot more bands. But those are cool in the fact that I, I don't know if they're in the top ten or where they stand in the deadly list, but like. It's it's all inspiring to be around a snake that you know like 
there's a good chance that you get bit. Like you're, you're not walking this earth anymore. And uh, yeah, there's something sort of cool about that. I don't, <laughs> as weird as that might sound, I don't know. It's a, uh, you know, you know, it's not out to get you. So unless you step on it, you're safe. But I mean, um, seeing one is just, you look at it and go, Oh shit, this thing, like, this is a serious, like a serious, serious animal that, you know, that oh, could yeah. cause you a lot of harm. And, yeah. you know, that's, there's mad um, respect there and it's, yeah. That's multi-synthesis, is that right? Yeah, that's there's that yeah. one. Then there's there's the many banded and the banded. So I think, uh, yeah, that that's the many banded, uh, right? The other that, one's the one, which I think looks cooler. Yeah, so there, I know there's two of them. I'm sorry, there's a little bit of a delay on my internet here, but um, yeah, and I think one's maybe more venomous than the other, but I think they're both in the, <laughs> in the yeah. very very top end of the deadly <laughs> list if you get bit. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I've been lucky enough to see them, see them both, and they're equally stunning, you know. And they have kind of a weird triangular cross section. They're kind of, they're just kind of interesting snakes. And uh, yeah, I've seen them is, both. Is, there's um, is there not a coral snake? There, there is like a Mc, McClellan's or something out there, or something. Yeah, I'm not sure snake. I'm saying that right, but I, I've never seen it. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful to see one, but I, I haven't seen one. I, I know they turn up, but I, I, I just haven't personally found one. Um, I don't think what else I've seen out there. That's probably about it as far as the snake species I've seen. I've seen some little spotted slug snakes, and I've seen like a little blind snake. And oh, have I saw you, a Burmese um, python once. Burmese python to, out there was spectacular. I bet. Have, have you been up to the Highlands? I, I haven't yet, just because we have such short time right, there. That okay. I just guys tell me go to the Highlands. Even in the winter, you can go there and find some of the pit vipers that hang out there. I but because uh, there's um. I'm trying to think my brain is, is tired today there's a pit viper that's an altitude pit viper um yeah it's, an, it's a, it's a, 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 a I, I think that's right it's a, it's a yeah that's it i think and uh it it's like a dream find for those guys and they find them they yeah. say in the cooler temperatures and the when it's kind of foggy and misty out and like you don't need to go in the heat of the summer they said in fact yeah. it's better to find them in, not in the heat of the summer but I haven't, I haven't been in the habitat, so I haven't, you know, I, I keep saying I'm going to do it, but it's just, I, I, I got to sleep somewhere on these overnights. So it's come day. <laughs> what, what am I, am I going out at night? Am I going out at day? I can't do yeah. both, I, you know, so I have some responsibility in the stuff that's on the airplane. I'm flying back. Did you say you'd seen the Chinese Cobra out there? Yeah, I have a couple I've seen like four or five of them. I wow. saw one adult last time and it was all like, it was my most, it was one of my most, not frightening, but most alert experiences where I'm like, oh shit, this snake, like it was cornered, had nowhere to go. It was in a tunnel and and it was up and it was in your face and it was hissing. And and it would, if you got close enough, it would, you know, it would only strike with its head down. So I literally think if it were to, if it were to actually strike you, it would literally just hit you with the top of its head. I don't think it meant to bite, but it was definitely not happy. (laughs) Um, and I was in a tight space, so I was a little bit like, oh, shit, this could get bad if I got hit. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. So, yeah, it was it was challenging to get the video. And, uh, and it was loud because I was in a tunnel with water, so it was echoey, and it, the, the audio wasn't very good. And, and But it was definitely an experience that was like I walked out of there like, oh, shit, that just happened type moment, you know. Where Brilliant. It, you need experiences it, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's amazing. Man. 100 um have you seen any of the keelbacks out there uh let's see the keelbacks and i, I, got- I have 
haven't. I haven't seen. Oh no, yeah, I take that back. I've seen the. Uh, uh, what is it? The redneck killback, the, red, yeah, the, the venomous the, slash poisonous one, right? Reptifus. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's it. I've seen that one, and that one's a beautiful snake. I mean, it's a greenish, not green like the other green snakes. It's kind of a more of a muted or faded or duller looking green, but it gets that red up by the neck, and it's a. Uh, it has a face that means it, it looks like a like a great white shark kind of with that <laughs> eye that just looks like, even though there's no expression in the face, it does have that look about it like, don't mess with me, you know, and they're yeah. super flighty and they just want to leave. They usually just sit still until you get close enough then they just want to leave. But um, I, I think that's bite would be something that's a bit significant. I don't, I don't know where it stands on the venomous list, but uh, I, I think it's rear fang, though. I think it would I have think, to kind of chew on. Yeah, I think it is rear fang, but I don't think it's a great day out to get bitten by it. Okay, well, there you go. So I'm not sure on some of those. Most, most of those rear fang ones, too, I think they, you know, unless it latches on and holds on, I think most of them, yeah. most bites just let go and want to leave. They just want to scare you, not, not envenomate you. Yeah. Have you seen any of the wart snakes at all? I haven't. I've never seen... I. I I hate the fake the excuse me. I hate the fact that snakes called common. You know, I hate anything yeah. with common in a title that I. It's normally not common. Common wolf snake. Yeah, it's like where the hell are those? I've never seen a wolf snake. Yeah. You know, I know I know some of the guys in Thailand see them a lot, but I, I don't go to Thailand very often. So, they have them in Singapore. They have them in Hong Kong. Haven't seen them in either place. And even the guys I know that live in Singapore rarely see them. Um, you know, they say people that live they're more in the apartment buildings and the housing developments they, oh, really? they sort of moved away from, into the into the you know urban jungle so to speak that's where they prefer to eat uh find their food source and eat and you got um trying to think for hong kong you've got um you got mangroves and um like boyga dendrophilia I don't know about that there. In the habitat that I'm in, I haven't seen those. No. And I don't know if or they're it, there to be. Maybe it's not mangroves. I'm sure there is a boiga there in Hong Kong. Yeah, there might be. But I, if there, there is, I haven't seen one. And I don't, I don't remember. It might be Malta Maculata or something. I'm pretty no, sure. Maybe. Yeah, pretty maybe. sure there is one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I'm... We fly in the airports out on Lantau Island, which is another little island of its own out there. Oh, There's okay. a lot of little islands. And the, that island's actually a good island to go looking for snakes on. A lot of people from the main island actually go to that island. But I, I sort of stick to that island because that's where I am. That's where the hotel is. And it's just easier to stay close to, to home base, so to speak. And uh, that's where I do most of my herping. And it, it, the days are hot and humid and, and like super hot and humid. So yeah. I usually go out in the evenings. Um, there is stuff to be found in the day, but I just... I usually sleep the days and, and, and herp the nights and then and get to rest in the days for my flight back out. That's cool. Um, did I, you've hurt barley as well, haven't you? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I did a, I actually did a trip to Bali where we had a four day Singapore overnight, which we get, we used to get occasionally. I would ra rarely get them at uh, the other pilots would get them, but I love Singapore. So I could spend all four days in, in Singapore, but I, I did one once where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to herp in Singapore for a day. I'm going to catch a cheap flight out to Bali. I'm going to go to Bali for the night, go look for snakes. And then I flew back to Singapore and then I spend the rest of my time in Singapore. And then I continued my trip. So what a terrible it, lifestyle you have. It I know. must be so dull for you. Well, I, I had to sell, I had to sell my wife on the fact that I wasn't like doing something fun on my overnight. <laughs> so, so, so I told everybody that I was on a Bali charter flight that we had a trip to, you know, I put it on Facebook that, Oh, our airline had a trip to Bali. So I'm out in Bali on, with work and, all the other pilots, you know, went to scheduling. Like, what the hell? There was a Bali trip. How come? 
he got it, you know, and, and it was t- a totally fabricated story just because I didn't want my wife to think I, w- I literally left Singapore, which is already a great place to go to Bali for a couple of days and go surfing and looking for snakes. So <laughs> I made it look like I was on a work trip, but I, I, I literally bought a ticket, which was dirt cheap and a hotel was dirt cheap. And it's okay. she won't hear this podcast. You're fine, mate. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't even watch my YouTube channel, so I'm, I'm safe. I think. But, uh, um, yeah, so I did that, and I, I met up with a, a group I looked up on Facebook. I think it was a Bali Reptile Rescue or something like that, and uh, I'm sure that was who it was. Great people. I said, look, I got a YouTube channel. And the nice part about having a YouTube channel that's sort of grown over the years is that if people have watched your channel, or even if they haven't, if you tell them you have one and they watch a video, they sort of get a feel for you, and they're like, oh, this guy's not out to cause any harm, or he's not out to collect. He just wants to share the beauty. So one of the best things about my YouTube channel is that it's opened up a world to me that it wasn't opened up to me before. And the fact that when I go somewhere and I reach out to somebody, they either will know who I am, which I'm not saying I have a big channel or anything, but it's a small community. So enough people will maybe have seen something or if not, they'll look it up and they'll go, oh, this guy's all right. I'll take him out. He's not he's not causing any trouble. He just wants to go see some cool stuff. So that's awesome. um, yeah, so I reached out to Bali Reptile Rescue, and they're like, yeah, we know who you are, and we'd love to take you out, you know, and uh, they took me out. We saw uh, the yellow lip sea, sea crate, or sea snake, I guess it's a crate, actually, which uh, was spectacular. I, I have video of that one going over my foot, which, Nipper, I know you're not going to like that. It, was, it went right over my foot with my stand <laughs> oh yeah, Awesome video. We were just I, talking I about that, the, too. Yeah, I remember the video, and I was just shouting at you, mate, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I only did it for... I, looking back, I probably wouldn't do it again, but I was so peaceful with these snakes that were so, everybody was so afraid of in Bali. Oh, watch out for the sea snakes. Watch out for the sea snakes. All the locals know about the sea snakes and like, they think they're going to get you. And that, you know, like I just wanted to dispel the myth that these snakes are out to get you. Uh, we were already handling that one, you know, by the tail basically, but it was super mellow and we've moved it a few times for video and we moved it up towards the water at night, they were coming up with the tides and coming out of the water and up on the rocks to spend the night, I guess, or they were finished hunting for the day or whatever they were doing. <clears throat> Excuse me, but they were coming up out of the water and we put it down by the water and it, it turned around right po- towards me, the cameraman there. And I'm like, nothing's going to happen. Like nothing is going to happen. I'm just going to sit here. And, and I was a little bit freaked out, to be honest, even though it was my idea. No one else told me to do it. It was even there watching me. I was all by myself but they were off with another one or something, but I just let it go the way it went. it went right up, kind of looked at my toes and went over my foot a little bit and curled around me and then went up behind me and kept on its way. And it, uh, I, I just wanted to do it to prove a point that these snakes don't want to hurt people. And, uh, yeah, the weird thing about that trip, we saw other snakes, but I was videoing at the end of the sea snakes segment, I call it where, I, I video myself. I, again, I don't like being in front of the camera, but I do it because there has to be a person tied to the video. So I was doing that. I usually have a flashlight shining right in my face so that I can, I show up in, in frame. So at least I look like something, even though I look all shadowy and stuff, at least there's light on me. Well, when I do those shots, I'm literally blind for like a minute or 30 seconds. Like I can't see anything. Cause I'm like, I had this flashlight in my eyes. So I told myself um, after I, I mean, I think I said it in the video, I go, I, I got to make sure I don't move around here until my, I can see again. Cause I don't want to step on one of these things or, you know, put my hand on one. And as I did that and finished the shot, I sat there for a second, I waited and then I took my light and right where I was going to put my hand down to, to kind of sit back up. One was moving right next to me. 
literally within like a foot of me wow. and I would have put my hand right on top of it. And what would it have bit me? Most likely I would have thought, yes, I don't know that for a fact, but it wasn't the one that I was taught. It was a different one that, you know, the other one had already gone by and it was a totally different snake. It was smaller than the other one. And exactly what I said, I was going to make sure I didn't do. Luckily I didn't do because that is exactly what happened. And it was, I, I tried to convey it on video after and I'm like, Oh my God, that just happened when I was talking about, and it looked like I was acting, but it was, it was totally true. It, it, that is exactly what happened. And, uh, yeah, those snakes were great. I went out, we found other snakes at night. We found some kind of a, well, we found a lot of the, uh, Boigas, the, uh, the gold ringed or, or mangrove cat snakes. Those were everywhere in Bali. They have ones that are a white phase, I guess, and, uh, where they're not yellow and black, they're white and black. Although, it's not really white. It's just not as shiny yellow. It's kind of a very, very pale, pale yellow. But in Bali, I think maybe there's other places like that too, but they have them in Bali where they're a very, they call it the white face, but it's, it's just a pale, pale, pale yellow one. So we saw those, which were kind of neat. We saw the normal ones. We saw some kind of, that was a racer of sorts. I forgot what it was. It was kind of a big snake. And we saw one of those, uh, two of those. We saw a, it was either a banded crate or a mini band. I think it was a banded crate, which here's what you got to watch out for. What I've found, you know, like the obvious thing, don't pick up any snake that you can't ID. For the, sure. The banded crates and the many banded crates usually go by what their name is called. You know, they either have bands or they have a lot of bands. One of the two, you know, it's, it's like, okay, I get it. I, I see why you named them that. The banded crates in Bali, at least the ones in Southern Bali, I think is what he said have no bands. They're unicolored. They're all black snakes. They look, you wouldn't think it was a crate. When I first saw it, it was a little one. It was only, I don't know, 15 centimeters long. It was a baby. And we saw it and, and I'm not saying I would have picked it up, but I would have definitely not thought it to be a venomous snake. It didn't look like a venomous snake. It didn't, it just looked like That's some wild. little fossorial snake just cruising around. And I'm like, oh, what's that? He's like, oh, has been, you know, Bungarus or whatever they, whatever he called it. Uh, yeah. You know, he's like, no, 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 no. We, we, you know, this is very, very extremely dangerous and especially with this size. And, you know, and I'm like, oh shit, really? And he's like, yeah, the ones here don't have any stripes. And I'm like, wow. I thought he was joking. And he's like, no, 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 look it up. They don't. And, and, and they don't. And it, it's, it was one of those moments I was like, if I had been by myself, Again, I don't think I would have picked it up because I sort of know better, but I definitely wouldn't have known what I was looking at. I definitely would have thought by looking at it that it was just a totally harmless snake. And had I gotten bit by it, I would have probably not thought much of it, to be honest, until, until you know, it became significant. Um, I have a video. It's on there somewhere in the middle of the video. I have a Bali video. But check it out if you guys haven't seen it. It's uh, It will open your eyes as to far as what you think might be able to hurt you and what you think you know might hurt you. And in reality, that there are one-offs and there are different, you know, areas in the world, but they don't look like what you think they're going to look like. And you might want to double check what you're picking up if you are going to be a handler out there. Yeah, I, I just looked it up. And Candidas from Bali is just jet black. Like, you yeah, know, right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's you wouldn't know, especially when they're smaller, because you can't really see the I know the scaling on the top of the back. It has a different octagon. There's some scaling that gives some differences and gives giveaways as to what it is. But when you're talking about a small snake, you can't see all that and the head shape and everything. You can't oh, yeah. see the really the, the, the triangular cross section when they're small. It, it, it just looked like a little snake, like like a harmless little snake going on the ground. It, you wouldn't have thought this thing will kill 
kill me or could kill me if I pick it up. And uh, yeah, I didn't know that until the guy, the guide told me, you know, and that, that's one thing about having a local guy with you, you know, he, he can save your ass, <laughs> not only find the snake, but keep you from picking up the wrong ones. Hell yeah. It's crazy. You, um... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so, do you, you know... travel with, do you take snake hooks with you or is it not possible? Yeah, I, you know, being a pilot, we get a little little bit of latitude as far as what we bring. We never check anything. We just carry on everything. So I have a collapsible hook and some collapsible tongs that I bring with me. Um, and, and then when I go places, a lot of our trips, like I'll have a flight that ends in Chicago and then they commercial me home on an airliner. So I'll fly United or American back home to L.A. where I'm from. They buy me a ticket. Or a lot of times my trip will actually start in Chicago and the trip from L.A. to Chicago, say it's an $800 ticket. Well, I get like an $800 credit, so to speak, if I want to buy my own ticket. So sometimes I'll buy a trip ticket from L.A. to Miami, and then I'll, I'll road cruise all night, and then I'll catch a flight from Miami to Chicago in the morning, and it'll be under the $800 I'm allowed. So then I get a trip to Florida out of the deal, you know, where I take advantage Jeez. of their free. Yeah, it's kind of a weird deal. But so I did one of those, and I went to Miami, and it was the only place I, I – Commercial in on United American, no problems, carried it on. I, I always carry my bags because I don't like to check it. As a pilot, we I don't travel in uniform when I'm commercial. I'm just a passenger like everybody else. We can show our ID sometimes, and that helps a little bit with you know a, a few things, but typically not. And this was a case where I showed my ID because when I left Miami, they're like, hey, you, you got something sharp in there. Can we look at it? And I'm like, yeah. And they pulled it out. And they're like, well, what the hell is this? And I'm like, oh, it's a hobby. I, I like reptiles and snakes. And they go, yeah, you're going to have to check your bag. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't like checking my bag because, you know, for us, all our stuff is in there. So if we get to our destination and our bag doesn't make it, when I need to go on a flight, I don't have a uniform. I don't have everything I need. So we, we avoid checking in bags. We just don't do it. The airline policy is you do it if you have to, but, like, do everything you can to avoid checking your bag. And so he goes, you can go back and check it. And, you know, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And I showed him my airline ID. He's like, yeah, that doesn't work here. I go, I'm not trying to get anything to work. I just, you know, I just want to keep it, you know? And he goes, well, you can check it. And I'm like, it's yours, buddy. You know, congratulations. I think it's on my video somewhere. I think, you know, I said, he goes, oh, we can't take a gift. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I just don't want you throwing it away. I mean, some, somebody should yeah. use it. It's somewhere in Miami at the airport or, or somewhere in was, Miami. This was a collapsible snake hook? Yeah. I got one from a company, Midwest Tongs or something. I, yeah. I, I so they're saying that because it had a point that. on it, it was a weapon. Yeah. It, you know, they have, I don't know what the regs are. And in, 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 in the U.S., it's kind of goofy because every every airport seems to have different ones than every other airport. Right. You know, it's so you could take, I took it for years and carried it on United and everything else. No one ever had an issue. But I had one flight to Miami where Miami wasn't happy with it and they wanted me to check it. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I lost that hook. I've, I've, I still have a collapse, some collapsible tongs, which I actually enjoy those a little bit more. Um, Sometimes I can move a venomous snake that's small and I can just pick it up and move it. I've used it with the Mamushi here in Japan and to get video. It, 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 it's easier. Um, I, I replaced or I didn't replace my collapsible hook, but my wife got me one for Christmas or something. It's a real small one, though. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's nice, but it's not uh, anyway. And that's in Chicago now because anyway. Yeah. So I have some. They're just sort of scattered around. I have, I have some tongs here in Japan. I've got a hook in chicago and i think in alaska i got a hook as well that somehow got stuck up there uh, at the hotel room we have wow. we have crew rooms where they let us since we stay every night in the same hotel with multiple crews we have a room in the hotel where we can stash bags and jackets so if i go to alaska and it's snowing well, i don't want 
and bring a winter jacket all around Singapore with me before I get there because it's just a pain in the butt. So we have crew rooms where we can leave stuff in every city we go to. So that's uh, that's awesome. You know, I don't have any snakes and tanks or anything around the world, but I, I do have some gear. <laughs> that's still cool, man. And I'm, I'm glad, Nipper, I'm glad you asked that question about hooks because that's always my question is, even if I had stuff that could, even if I had tools that could fit in a carry-on, I feel like uh, American TSA would just not let it go. They just wouldn't let it through. Yeah. So it's, I was 99% no problems before, never had an issue with it. They just kind of took it out and looked at it each time. But the one time the guy's like, well, the, the thing's metal on the end here. And it's, you know, it's more than four inches long or whatever the rule was. He goes, I can't do it. It, You know, that's, that's a weapon, you know, and uh, always South Florida. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it it is what it is. You know, I I knew I was taking a risk every time I take it on board, but Typically, like, again, I'm, I fly the airplane in, I fly the airplane out. So it's, you know, I bring it in, I bring it out. I don't think much about it. But uh, every once in a while, I'll triple change and I'll stop in Chicago. And they're like, oh, you're going home from here. And I'm like, okay. And then I, I'll i show up at security. I'm like, oh, shit, I have all my stuff that I normally carry that I can't carry, you know, like whether it be any any bottles of anything that we normally carry through without an issue I get stuck with. And showing your ID a lot of times will save you that. And it's, oh, yeah, go ahead, crew member. But not always if you're not in uniform. Cool. So, another country. Sorry, I just, I'm fascinated by your travels because I don't get to go there. Um, Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. What, what the key species? Thailand. It's Thailand? A, not a lot, sadly. We've, we the trip we do from Singapore that we stayed the night in Singapore, or a couple nights in Singapore. We fly through Thailand on the way back to Tokyo. So, Thailand. You know, Bangkok being only an hour and a half, two hour flight from Singapore isn't that far. And then it's another six hours or six and a half to Tokyo. So we used to do night stops in Bangkok regularly years ago, but now they've kind of combined it into, we just do the two legs and go all the way back to Tokyo. So I don't get to go there as often as I'd like. I haven't been there in a few years since COVID. I haven't been there, but when we did stay there, it was a real short stay. Most of the herping I did or all the herping I did was in the city. Like, and when I say in the city, I mean like in the city, like, like little patches of, you know, overgrown areas out between neighborhoods that would have these long nosed whip snakes everywhere. Um, there'd be painted bronze backs. And we even found uh, in some of the canals and some of the really dirty watered canals, we'd find these uh, tentacled snakes. Oh, which another really, species I'd really love to see in the wild. Yeah, they're bizarre. They're not like real pretty as far as colors or anything, but they're very unusual. And and I think they said in captivity, people try to keep them. You have to have like pristine water for them to live in. But the, we find them, they're in the nastiest water you could possibly find out there. I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to fall in the water trying to get one to, you know, to get video of one. It's, it's I've only seen, I think I've seen two. Um, and again, they're real drab, but uh, they're, I have a video somewhere with one of them. I went out with Chris Sweet, uh, Chris Shannon. Uh, okay. Kind of my- out there he's a um you know he's a good guy good resource to have and he's got a lot of cool snakes in his collection he's he's yeah, it's got a huge he's a free handler he likes all that stuff and i'm yeah. not against that but i mean yeah he's a good guy so, oh, that's very cool so yeah, yeah i'm a little limited out there in thailand i haven't seen a, i haven't seen a lot of what i want to see in thailand it's just limited to downtown herping in the city which i think i did a video where i found I was by a 7-Eleven store and I found within an hour, I think I found like 10 snakes or something within wow. five minutes of a 7-Eleven in the middle of the That's city. Like, fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have some cool, oh, they have 
some cool, one of the coolest vipers I've seen besides the wagglers was the uh, large eyed or big. I think it's large eyed. Oh, yeah. Mac oh, large eyed pit viper. Macrops, is that? Macrops. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's some blue ones out there. They're not, not blue, blue, but they're a, a tinge of blue from the green, like significantly bluer. And 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 the large eye, the big yellow eyes big, are awesome. Yeah, the and then, big yellow eyes, yeah. stunning. Yeah, and then we found one that was brown. We found a brown one out there. That they're, they're not. I don't think they're typically brown. Like these guys have never seen a brown one, but we found a light tan one with yellow eyes. That I have a video of that as well, and it's a. Uh, it's a stunning snake. Like it's a. Uh, I mean, the green and blue ones were cool, but the brown one was equally as cool with the yellow eyes. And they, they were everywhere. They were they, they literally were on railroad tracks sitting on the side of the railroad ties because that's where all the geckos were. And you could just search through with your flashlight and just look up the railroad. Track. Oh, there's one. There's one. There's one. Wow. I think we saw three at three at once at, at sometimes like it was nuts. Brilliant. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Love to have. You just don't see them. Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys have the reptile shows out there. They not sell. They don't have everything. Then, right? There's a lot of species that just don't do well, or or just aren't prevalent in the trade. I guess. Now, obviously, the very. I mean, you've hurt all did, these. Did, did you did you hear what you're saying or no? Oh, oh sorry, there was a bit of a delay. But like some of those, I know you have reptile shows like in Germany and stuff, and, and yeah. in, in the neighboring countries where they have all the hots and stuff. Are there some species that just don't? Oh, do well, or they it, just don't show up in the pet trade. It's it's really it's really weird. Um, I'll be careful what I say. A lot of the super protected species that you wouldn't expect to get are there and easy okay. to get. But uh, certainly, I've never at the at the big international like Ham and Houghtons, I've never seen macrops for sale. Um, really, that's interesting. I find that interesting because they're so beautiful and yet. No, I think it's a very I think it's a very sought after species. But I just don't think we can get them over here. I don't know about what it's like in the States, but I don't either. I wonder if they just don't do well in captivity or because they look like they would. They look like they're, you know, they're sitting out by the railroad tracks. They were brought in, they were brought in the United States many years ago through Malayan shipments because they do have them in mainland Malaysia as well. And they don't look nearly as good as the Thai stuff. The the Thai localities are the sexiest green tree vipers out there but uh the ones that did come from malayan shipments and now that malaysia has basically put a stop to almost all if not all venomous shipments out of the country you're not gonna get them that's it so really yeah and i feel like a lot of a lot of the traumerser species that were kind of niche and kind of uh uh, often left field are going to disappear in the united states simply because not enough people cared to keep them and breathe them stateside, and now they're they're not being imported. Majority because of a, a I don't what's the, whatever the big Malayan airline is. I can't remember well, the name. There's Malaysian. <laughs> it, it, it might be Malaysian. I guess something happened. Yeah, that's the number one airline. Okay, so yeah. I'm pretty sure that it it stemmed from them. And people are listening. They're probably going to be like, "That's not what happened." But from what I gathered, there was a shipment of animals that was on the tarmac. And at some point, a cobra was loose in like their work area. And this was during COVID, like right when COVID first sparked and like everyone was going crazy, locking everything down. And they're like, okay, this is dangerous. No more venomous shipments out of this airport or out of this airline, whatever. But meanwhile, the cobra that was there was native. It wasn't even <sighs> in that shipment. 
So uh-huh. that, that's kind of the thought process. And again, this it could all be hearsay. Who knows? But yeah, we I fly freighters. You know, I fly seven forty seven freighters, and we get snakes on. But you know, I'll I'll get as as the captain. You got to sign for all the hazardous materials they call it on an airplane, which is mostly lithium batteries and stuff like that. But but you know. We carry everything and we'll get live animal shipments and reptiles. And I'll, I'll get when I get reptiles, it won't say what the list of what's in the box, but I'll, I'll have to sign for all the reptiles that fly out. No, I, I fly them out. Oh, not not all that often. One out of maybe 20 flights, I'll have, you know, reptiles on board. That's which cool. I usually take a picture and post it and somewhere nice. on Instagram. I'm like, eh, somebody's reptiles are on their way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's weird though, because a lot of the other Thai. Are available. I just wonder why it's not that particular species isn't available. Well, it's also yeah. there's a lot of Thai species that will that aren't exported because they're not allowed to be exported. And you're in Europe where there's no borders. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Czech Republic special. You got it. Is it All right, is, okay. Is, it, is that Macrops? Is it? it is it like just a small little area snake or is it found all over the region? I, oh I, no, the I, whole, it's, I think it's, it's widespread. So yeah. I'm it pretty is, sure it's the entire yeah. East Eastern side of the whole peninsula. It is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised you don't see more pictures of them, even like on Facebook or Instagram or something. Cause they are, I, I don't know. Like I've seen a lot of the different pit vipers out in that area and they are, they hold their own. They definitely hold their own as far as color and the, in the, Oh yeah the big eye and the face it just it looks like kind of like a, a dart frog face it's kind of interesting looking yeah super unique looking yeah well not a dart frog but a uh like a uh i don't think the red-eyed tree frog or something it's got that real yeah. bulgy eyes they look really cool yeah. yeah it it's always interesting because they have such amazing night vision and oftentimes the photos you see the their pupil is because those eyes are so yeah. huge it's just a slit because they've yeah the, the flashes hit their eye from the camera so many times and there's actually a group of guys that I, I were talking on on uh, Facebook groups about how can we get a photo of the pupil what? fully dilated? Yeah, and some of the shots that are coming out of Thailand are phenomenal. Oh, real? I haven't seen yeah. those. I have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, oh, that'd it's, be cool. Uh, have you seen? Uh, is it? I'm, I'm going to pronounce this terribly. Is it Fukatensis? Yeah, oh, I haven't seen that yeah. one. No, I haven't been in there. They're, they're apparently in one little. Sp- Small area, and uh, the guy I think is a Rupert and, and David and all those guys. They 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 hurt that area a lot. They know where to find all those. I've literally just been in the city, and I haven't gone out far enough to be able to find anything. But I'm planning these days. A fam- I got to make it a family trip so I can go do my stuff. But uh, you know, I I, I want to get a family trip out to that part of the world and just you know get to really go explore a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I don't know when that day is going to happen. Um, you know, unless I can get a charter flight on a private jet or something. Which may happen. I don't know. We'll see. I don't, uh, it will. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? Um, now, I was, I was going to say, before we start talking about um, shows and things, clearly the best, I know you've done a lot of Asian stuff and American stuff, but clearly the best country you've ever helped was the UK. Um, yeah. Uh, Without a doubt. <laughs> going out with you guys was, you know, like, uh, you know. It, uh, all, all joking apart. How, how did you find, like, the habitat in the UK? Yeah, I thought it was cool. When we went out walking, I thought for some reason, because it was a super, I remember it was a nice warm day. I forgot what time of year it was, but it was during the Queen's Jubilee, wasn't it? Possibly tropical for the UK, right? You brought the weather with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was expecting, I guess, to see more snakes maybe out. I know snakes are difficult to find, but I was 
was expecting maybe to see uh, was it the uh, grass snake or something? I was expecting to see more of those maybe out and about by the water area, yeah. you know, and then the one we found was undercover, which, you know, I, I know snakes love cover, but yeah. I, I thought we might see something on the crawl that day being as warm as it was. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the wind did us no favours in that because that was quite a coastal area where we went for the uh, for the grass snakes. Um, and, and yeah. it was super windy. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a beautiful countryside, and and and, and it was funny because all the walking we did, which was great, and we you know we found the little viper, well, you found the little viper, and and that was stunning, and all of that was great, and it was funny. I think it was the very next day I went to the zoo, <laughs> right next to the hotel where I was staying. I walked five minutes, and I think we saw like four snakes. Yeah, within yeah. you know I don't know a handful of minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a, cr and I'm, and I'm, a cracking snake as well, the Escalapian snake. Yeah, uh, and I guess for the viewers, like uh, or listeners, I guess it, uh, when I say the zoo, like I didn't go find snakes in the zoo. Like these are a, a escape population of snakes that live very close to the zoo in the middle of the city, and they. Uh, yeah, we found a bunch of them, and and I've gotten comments, guys, not hating, but they're like, "Oh, I've looked through my whole life. I've looked every day for those things, and I can't find them. And here you come into town one day and find four of them or something." Uh, that was that was a good result. Um, it is it's a population that's been around since the eighties, uh, and it's just doing incredibly well. For, uh, for those of you that have never been to the London Zoo, London Zoo's built in Regent's Park, so it's a big royal parkland right in the centre of London, um, and it's got the zoo and it's got canal structures all the way around it and the Aesculapian snakes there is a theory that the Aesculapian snake used to be a UK snake anyway and it's just over time um, not coped well with the climate change but these ones which are zoo escapees but the population is massive now um, <laughs> as, as Luke and uh, his testament to you know and they're not small snakes I mean they can get to about five feet fully grown yeah, yeah. Snakes. yeah, so I I picked one up, and then someone says, Since I picked it up, now I am releasing, <laughs> you're releasing, an, an, yeah, I'm releasing a non native snake by, yeah. by putting it back. So, anyway, I, what are they going to do to me? But, uh, yeah. you know, apparently, I'm you're not if you pick one up, you're supposed to keep it, I guess. You're supposed to really euthanize it, unfortunately, but it's beautiful to see. Um, yeah. strangely, there's three separate populations of them. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so there's the London Zoo ones. Uh, there's Conway Zoo, which is in Wales, but there's a population in, I think, in Derbyshire, and that might be in its stamped population because there's really? no there's no real reason for them to be there. Yeah, um, interesting. Well, yeah, here's another interesting. When I was there, I was I was walking around. I just I was asking people that were taking pictures of whatever, and 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 I asked one guy. I go, you know. I don't know if I asked him or he saw me looking down. He's like, what are you doing? What are you looking for? And I go, oh, I'm looking for snakes or something. He's like, oh, you know, like outside the zoo. And I'm like, yeah. And then somebody else overheard. And he goes, oh, I just saw a snake a minute ago. And, and I go, oh, really? Where was that? And he, he goes, oh, down that way. I go, I'm going to go. He goes, oh, I took a picture of it. And I'm like, oh, let me take a look. He shows me his cell phone. He has a picture of a corn snake. There is no. a corn snake. <laughs> yep. I, I kid you not. He had a picture of a corn snake that he had just taken by the fence I walked by. Oh my god! Five minutes earlier, and I went. I couldn't find it, but but so there is a corn snake out there as well. <laughs> Mental, isn't that weird? Yeah, that is, that is uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah. not uh, great. Yeah, but yeah, no, I had a great time out with you guys. That was a lot of fun out there. Uh, uh, it was really nice to see you, and I'm really chuffed that although it was only a juvenile, I'm glad we managed to find you a viper at short notice, uh, which was good. That thing was awesome. That thing was a beautiful, beautiful little snake, and uh, yeah. it was little. Uh, 
uh, were they glass lizards or what were the little uh, oh, the, what were the little uh, things we uh, um Slow worms. Slow, we call them slow worms, yeah. They're, yeah, the slow worms. We like, saw them. We found that one white, whitish looking one. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was a really mad looking thing. So, yeah, you see some nice iconic UK stuff anyway. That's really cool. Yeah, and I can't, I can't wait to get back that way. It was a lot of fun. I can't, you know, it, uh, I, I think I went back once, but it was in the winter. I was somewhere out in Europe. I've done a few Europe flights for these private jet things, but uh, all during the winter where it's, you know, what are you going to do but sit and drink beer, I guess, or, or yeah. whatever. So, obviously, you get to travel all, the, all these different places. Is there somewhere that you really, really want to go herping that you haven't herped at the minute? Uh, that's a tough one, to be honest. Uh, anywhere I haven't been before is always exciting just because there's the excitement of being somewhere new. And, you know, especially if it's in a place where there's species I haven't seen, even if they're common species. I, so, anywhere new is fun. I I've been to Costa Rica, but only on a family trip. So, you know, I always see these posts of Costa Rica with the, you know, the golden looking eyelash vipers and all the stuff they find at night. And I haven't done that trip, you know, I've done the the family daytime and I've, I found like a brown vine snake or something on day seven after I, you know, finally broke away from the family and was able to look a little bit, but um, I, I want to do a true herping trip. I want to go out with guys like you guys that like, we all want to do the same thing and I want to leave the, I don't want to leave the wife and kids at home. That sounds bad, but I mean, like I want to do a, a guy's trip. I know they do the ones like down to, I don't know if it's Ecuador or where they go. I know they've got some of these trips they set up every year where there's the Bushmaster things and they go down and I know guys go to Thailand and it's a group of seven or eight people. And I want to do that where everybody's out looking for something and, and, and it doesn't really matter where it is to me to be honest i just i just want to go with like-minded people and go go looking for stuff and uh that's awesome that would be a fun for me for a video like i'd like to make a video that was like every day we'd go out i'd put out a video that afternoon every night we'd go out and put a video out the next morning you know like i don't my videos are a little more i i wouldn't say polished but i mean i put more effort i couldn't really do that in real life unless i just made kind of a raw edit of like hey we went out last night it'd be fun to just document a whole trip day by day by day and have a seven day trip where i put a seven part video out and like hey guys this is what it's like if you go herping with whoever expeditions or whoever they are like we got there on yeah. day one and this is what we all did and here we are having fun and no, you know here we are at the yeah. club or whatever, whatever the hell we're doing you know it doesn't you know, you know we got to set, we, we set it up man we got we got to yeah, set it up I, That'd be awesome. I mean, it uh, you know it doesn't have to be anywhere exotic. It could be somewhere in Arizona. It could be somewhere in Florida. It could be you know for everybody where they live is tame to them because it's where they live. But I mean, that's kind of the cool part of this hobby. People will come to California, and I'm like, I've seen all the species here for the most part. But to be able to share that with people who've never been here and to share a rattlesnake that may be common to us that they've never seen and. So there, you know, there's something cool about that. And uh, I think what I'm going to do this year, there's an area we road cruise out by Palm Springs. It's called Whitewater Canyon. It's real popular. Everybody knows about it. It's kind of like the road cruising road in Southern California. Um, there are some houses there, but they're, they're kind of one-off houses that sit in there. No one, you never see anybody there. I'm thinking about this year actually renting one of those in their Airbnb type things and making like a herp party like <laughs> Let's go looking for snakes all night. Everybody can stop by at any time. Everybody can stay. Anybody can do whatever. And, you know, we'll check in through the night. What'd you find? What'd you find? You know, and it'll, that sounds you amazing. Know, it, 
You're a genius. It'd be kind of fun to, to do something like that. I don't know how many people would be into it, but be, I bet you a lot of people. Sure what yeah. I think it'd be fun. You know, we had a pool table or, an, or, a, or a swing pool or something to jump into later, and then everybody can crash out all day, and then groups could go out in the morning or just go out the next night again. Or I, I think it'd be fun to have a like a meeting ground where the road cruisers can all stop in and you know and grab a coke or a beer or whatever you want you know i'm not encouraging people to go out and road cruise drunk or anything but you know yeah. i'm you know, that's, that's have yeah i thought about getting some e-bikes getting like 10 or 15 e-bikes and charging them up because then you can drink and go road cruising and i mean i think it'd be fun to go road cruising on an e-bike out there as opposed to a car you know yeah we've talked about it before in the past is like getting a dirt bike nobody hurts yeah. with a dirt bike like let's just you know, not even electric one, an actual pedaling off-road bike. And that, well, that was my first plan. Like Whitewater is yeah. basically when you get to the top of it, it's basically downhill all the way down. So I'm like, I can have, you know, I was going to have someone take me up to the top. So I don't want to yeah. pedal my ass up to the top. That's kind of a lazy sure, guy. But sure, sure. I was going to have someone drop me at the top and just put some bright lights on it and then road cruise on a bicycle. And I thought, how awesome would that be? So it's like 80 degrees at night. It's, you know, it's dry. So it, there's no bugs. It, it, it just, it would make, I've always wanted to do it every Every year, and it's I, I haven't pulled it off. I guess not that it's anything difficult to do. I just haven't done it. But um, I think you that's should. a video I want to make is road cruising on bicycles, and then I also want to road cruise in a Tesla, where I I want I want to I want to I want to program the screen so that it recognizes snakes, so that it, it will break for me when it sees this snake and it'll give me an id on the screen as oh red diamond rattlesnake you know use caution or you know i'm gonna uh, it won't really do that but i'm gonna make it look like the screen and the nice is is, is, is breaking for snakes well, you know uh, it's funny you mentioned that you know the mercedes that has the the heads-up display in the driver's windshield yeah i've seen that i haven't seen it in person okay so they did it a I program I don't, I don't know if they still have it or not but i guess in one of the suvs that's in germany they programmed like 200 different animal species including humans so that way if you're driving and like let's say there's a red stag on the shoulder of the road it'll alert you like 100 yards out and say red stag shoulder of the road and then give a silhouette of what it looks like where the animal is really and some guy programmed to to do snakes because for there the same go. concept but the problem is because they're so small it picks yeah. up every like every little fissure every little crack Every every stick and, and and every time there's a patch of asphalt, so it literally would be like beep stop, drive a yeah. little bit beep stop beep stop. It just kept messing up. So <laughs> yeah, that's why the video. I'm gonna I've been wanting to do this, although I don't have a Tesla, so that, that's a bit of a problem. But I wanted to make it so basically, since that's just basically like an iPad screenish, I was just gonna green screen it out for the whole video, and then <laughs> add in the. To make it look like, you know, the DNA yeah. this thing's not real, you know, but I was going to make it look like, oh, it stopped. And not only did it stop, it, it knew what it was. That's, <laughs> you know, it would make it well, hey, the next time you come into South Florida, man, we'll, we'll just rent one. Yeah, it'd be worth it. I think yeah. it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know. I have, I have a few weird video ideas, but we'll see, I like we'll see where they go. I like it. Try and get creative if I can. You know, it's everybody, there's so many channels out there now. That's the, that's not the problem, but. Everybody wants short videos, short, 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 you know, and I'm like, oh, the shorts are killing me. You know, it's killing creativity, in my opinion, you know, right. uh, I put some out, too. But it, it like nobody wants to watch a full video anymore. They just don't have time for it. So I, I, I still try and make my videos with the B-roll and telling the story. And I still some, think some people want to sit down and watch the experience of being 100%. there, not just show me the goal, 100%. you know. So I hope it comes back full circle to where people are like, uh, 
I don't want the shorts anymore. I want to watch somebody going out and doing something that I yeah, want to do. And I, I want to see the sport. That's what got me through lockdown, just watching your uh, <laughs> films of herping because we could go out <laughs> anywhere. You must have really been bored if you were stuck <laughs> in my channel. <laughs> uh, so, Costa Rica is your, your place of choice. Is there any particular species, maybe in the US or something that you... You, you keep looking for and you you haven't found or something that you a particular species yeah, you really want to and, see. And the reason I picked Costa Rica for one is it's it's easily doable because I live in Southern California, so it's not like a huge trek to go somewhere. So it's five and a half hours on a plane and you're there. So th there, there's a convenience factor of Costa Rica. But in the U.S., oh, there's a snake and I think it's in Florida. I'm sure it's in Florida. The mud snake or whatever. There's a mud snake that looks really cool on the bottom side of oh, it yeah. that kind of has an allure to it that. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing um, as, as goofy as it sounds. I want to see a corn snake in the wild because as a kid, I grew up with corn snakes in, in, in the pet stores. And, and <laughs> you know, I saw one that was still moving and just hit down there in, in, in the Miami area, which was sort of sad. And it was super orange and it was just over the top in colors. And I'm just like, oh, I want to find a live one. And it's even though it's common and I've seen a million of them in my life, I've never seen one alive in the wild. So it's as weird as that might sound. I want to find that. It's just, it's so crazy to um, me, man, because you found six Malayan blue corals. Yeah. And you've, and you've not, and I'm just, I'm, I'm a little flabbergasted. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it is funny that, uh, I don't know. I guess it's where you spend your time, you know, and I, yeah, I, true. I have the opportunity to have Singapore overnight. So every month on my, the scheduler, I request, I typically say, hey, can you get me a Hong Kong or a Singapore trip? And then that month, I know I have one trip that I'm going to really hit hard and I'm going to, I might not see anything, but I'm sure going to give it a go. And there's always the possibility of finding something really cool. And, uh, yeah. you know, blue coral number seven will be just as cool as number <laughs> one yeah. through six. I, I, those snakes, there's something about them that I, I I'll never get tired of seeing them. I, I'd love to have one in captivity. If it, I, I'm not a real captive person. I'm not against captivity. I just don't have the time. I'm away too much. I, yeah. I would be a bad keeper, I guess, not on purpose, but I just wouldn't be there enough to do it right and to do it justice sure. so to keep a snake like that i'd feel guilty just because of me not because of keeping it and and i think they they hide most of the time so you wouldn't be able to see the beauty of it like you'd want to but you'd have to put like a glass bottom where you could look at it from underneath or you'd have to yeah. find a way to, i don't know you would really want to showcase something like that but it's funny all the snakes that you want to keep in this beautiful enclosure and make it all natural it's like you see all the natural tank, but you never really see the snake because it's usually under something. Sure. And, it, you know, that's why I kind of like those vine snakes and stuff, because they just sit perched out there. And those make crops, they sit, you know, where they're in view all the time. And that, you know, it, they're, you know, they're living artwork. And I to have that in your house, mm -hmm. I think would be really cool uh, over maybe a blue coral snake that would look cool. But you, you wouldn't be able to show it to most people because it would be hidden under something 90 something percent of the time. So, right, right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. Any quick tip for safety-wise when you're going herping? We we ask we ask. Yeah, don't wear sandals, maybe. Don't wear flip. Yeah, don't wear sandals. Don't wear flip flops. <laughs> don't wear flip flops. I got bit recently by something. It wasn't a snake, but it bit or stung, and it friggin' hurt for like eight hours. So that was a, I, a, a eye opener. Um, yeah, the local nine one one number. I mean, most people wouldn't even think of that, but like that's a, that is a good shout. Just ask the hotel. Just say, hey, what's yeah. what's your emergency number if I need to get a hold of somebody if something's wrong and they usually nine something I, and I, I have them in my phone. I forget what they are, but um, you know, each country has one and, you know, or at least have the hotel's number, have something that you can at least, because otherwise what are you going to do when you get there? Oh, you know, I got to Google search it. 
you know, it's easy if you can just go right to your phone and hit it and go, hey, this is where I am. This is what happened. I need help, you know, because a lot of times you're in places that people don't go very often and or it's night and, you know, the hotel may not pick up, may pick up. It depends. Some of the countries reception isn't like in a lot of other countries where there's somebody always there. A lot of the countries there isn't somebody there in the middle of the night and you're not going to get anybody. So, you know, getting a taxi impossible a lot of times in the middle of the night. And so having a local 911-ish number is something you hope you never use, but it'd be the first thing I'd do if I went somewhere else. Um, and then I'd seek, seek the help of other people. If you know people in the area, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting help. And I mean, it's, it adds to the fun in this hobby, having other people out there that can share their stories and, uh, 100%. you know, yeah, I mean, for sure. you know, you never know who you're going to get, you know I mean? Like, uh, you know, I mean, it is a mixed bag of people, it's, it, 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 which makes it fun too. You know, you get, uh, everything from teenagers to, you know, people like uh, me, I guess. And that, uh, everything in between. And, uh, you know, it's funny cause I ran into that girl staring who has her channel and she's, I showed my wife, uh, she goes, Oh, you going herping again out in Singapore? I go, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, somehow she brought it up. I go, yeah, I'm going with this girl. And she's actually a, you know, relatively good looking girl for what you would expect, I guess, to be going out looking for snakes. And she's like, Oh, you're not going out looking for snakes with her. And I'm like, well, that's okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> oh so, yeah. It was sort of funny, but, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, you guys check out the beginning of that blue coral snake video. I'm going to go watch it again. Watch yeah. Yeah. Just watch it, and you'll see me look away. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't notice it at the time, and, and it's 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 funny. It, it'll take 10 seconds of your life, but I think it'll make you laugh. And uh, wow, again, I never noticed it happened. I never saw it, even in editing. I just I, I just didn't see it. It's uh, That's the gold right there. <laughs> and one, one final question, because I know – it's ridiculously early in the morning where you are. We've kept you for a long time. One, no, bit of kit, one bit of kit that you won't leave home without for when you go herping. No, besides the sandals, flip-flops? You not mean the flip-flops. Absolutely not flip-flops, no. Um, for me, it's the camera. <laughs> like, I, 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 Fair I enough. Can't, yeah, I mean, like, that sounds good. Yeah. But, like, for me, I can't go out without a camera now because I have to share the experience. But if it, was, if it wasn't for that um nighttime i always bring two flashlights i i i you know extra batteries and two flashlights i mean the extra batteries are great but if the flashlight itself if you drop it or it breaks i've had flashlights actually break to where the extra batteries aren't going to do you any good at that point so i always bring a cheap backup flashlight you know you got your phone you can use but i mean that's sort of limited um daytime maybe bug spray if you're somewhere where you're going to get eaten alive by bugs um i don't really do anything for the snakes themselves i mean the hooks and the tongs i don't really worry about that so much um yeah i, I you know for me it's a camera it's and it's multiple cameras and batteries for those and everything associated with trying to make a good video but uh for the average person i guess uh you know bring a good attitude because there's a good chance you're not going to find anything um well and said. then don't let that stop you because it doesn't mean you're not going to have the time you're life the next time you know and, and and that's the way it goes sometimes that gold king cobra i found i walked all night i walked for three and a half hours i was i was, I was pissed i was on a facetime with my my my, my pissed is a u.s term i guess for you know mad not not drunk but isn't that drunk you are pissed yeah uh, UK, yeah. yeah but yeah. anyway you know i was on my fam- talking to my family i'm like ah, i walked all night i'm tired my legs hurt i'm thirsty haven't seen anything you know that as I'm videoing my family, I, I, I run into that gold king cobra. As I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, there's a snake in the canal ahead of me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think it's a cobra. And I'm walking up. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a king cobra. I got to go. You know, and it's like, so you 
you got to have a good attitude because at any minute or any second, it goes from an ordinary day to an extraordinary day. And it can turn into a day you'll never forget. And you never know when those moments are going to be. So I guess attitude's key for that. Hell yeah, man. 100%. Hell yeah. Well, thank you, Lou, so much for coming to talk to us. You are always such good value. I could talk to you all night. Um, no, I want to say thank, thanks. I don't want to sorry, there's a bit of a delay now on the internet, but I want to say thanks to you guys for having me. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get to talk snakes. Like, I mean, that's why when I say my camera is my number one thing I bring is that I feel like I'm bringing an audience of like-minded people with me that I get to talk to when I'm out looking for snakes by myself. And as weird as that sounds, I feel like I'm not alone out there and that, you know, I could talk like this all day. I go home. I can't talk to anybody about this. It's not, it's not, it doesn't come up. You know, I could, no one, my, my family likes snakes. They're okay with it and stuff, but like, they're not, I can't share my stories like this with anybody yeah. else. So, yeah. So thank you. I appreciate your, you know, reaching out and giving me the time to come on your show. Well, the, the, ple the pleasure's all ours, man, for real. No, it's not all yours. Trust me. It's not all yours. It's mine too. <laughs> we, well, I say we, and by we, I mean Phil will put your details of your YouTube channel um, in the episode uh, guide. Yeah. Um, where can people get hold of you if they want to? Where's the best place? Yeah, I mean, my YouTube channel, I, you know, I, my name's Lou and I fly Boeing 747, so Lou B747 kind of stuck from a long time ago that's the youtube channel name that's the instagram page channel whatever you call it although the instagram's almost entirely flying videos it's not really snakes as weird as that sounds but yeah you can leave a message at either one you can dm me pm me whatever i don't know all the different terms nowadays all the they all end in m i think you can reach me through there i mean if you really want to reach me you can use you know my youtube channel name at gmail that's my email address if you you know if you want to try and get a hold of me directly but um yeah, if I try and respond to all the comments on the videos is, you know, sometimes it's a bit time consuming and I'm not trying to be like my channel's not that big. But I mean, I do get some comments and I try and I try and respond to all of them when I can. So if you just hit me up on there, I will get back to you and, and you know, we'll connect one way or the other. And, uh, you know, I guess that's the easiest way. Fantastic. Awesome. Well done. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. Um Please like and subscribe. Do all the usual things. Please follow us on Instagram. And uh, anything for you, Phil? No, this has been a, an, an awesome ride, and uh, it, it makes you it makes you it makes you want to go. It makes you want to get up 100%. and leave. It makes you want to go go yeah. looking and, and 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 searching and the next adventure. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. It's inspirational. It is. It's real. The chase. Yeah, I've got I've got my first day's herping this year in the UK um on friday i'm so looking forward to it um, awesome. oh, that's awesome that's so awesome yeah temperatures are right uh, the adders have come out of hibernation so looking forward to getting some great pictures i'm also gonna now pack a bag for lou's house party um stroke road cruising adventure um definitely if we can, if we can do it in 2024 that'll be better because i'm super booked up Tripwise for the rest of this year. Unfortunately, I'm not well, fortunately. I'm I'm really lucky. I'm doing so many trips. Well, that's awesome. Good for um, you. That uh, yeah, we'll definitely do that. And uh, another one. And I know we're ending the show, but there's a place called Snake Road that I've never been to, and I know a lot of people go out there. That'd be another fun place to you know. Hang oh, hundred percent. You know. There's a lot of stuff I've never heard that part of uh, the U.S. There's a lot of stuff I need to see there. 
epic. Yeah. Absolutely epic. Well, Lou, thank you again, sir. It really was a pleasure. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. I, I you know, like I said, I could do this all day. This is good stuff. Nice, nice. I'll, uh, we'll let both of you guys get some sleep. <laughs> I've, I've got more clicking to do. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> awesome show, guys. Thank <laughs> you.